Someday, I shall come back. Oh dear, we are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. But the trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. A meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with lights. Purple, green, brilliant yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows. You can take bottle tops off with these. It's episode 100! 100! Yay! Welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. Oh, yes, we're episode 100! 100! <laughs> Had a slightly mad moment there. Yeah, we made it. <laughs> we made it to 100. The final ever episode of the Big Blue Box podcast. Stop it! <laughs> of course sat, not. Uh, if I was sat under a table, I'd be kicking you under it right now. Stop it! You would be. Gary, shut up! <laughs> Welcome aboard the TARDIS. Thank you so much for, um, for joining us this week. Um, we've got uh, some news bits to do as usual, then we're going to crack on to our review, and we've also got a cool little um, uh, competition to win a goodie back mm. of Big Blue Box Podcast Stuffs. Yeah. Big Blue Box Podcast Stuffs. Some good little bits in there. Yes, yes. Some good goodies. <laughs> some good goods. <laughs> yeah. So before we get on to um, what we've been up to and news and all that jazz, I, we just want to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone that's listened over the past year and a half, year and a bit, something like that. Yeah, God, it's gone quick, hasn't it? <laughs> it has absolutely flown by. <laughs> oh, scary to think that, yeah. It has, yeah. If you think about what was going on in Doctor Who back in, oh, crikey, episode one, which was back in, oh, crikey, whenever it was, um, whenever I started, when, when was that? I think it was March or the end of March. Um. 2015. Your very first episode? Yeah. Mm. I think it was. What was going on in Doctor Who at that time? What year was it? 2015? Last year, yeah. 2015, March. Oh, wow. Um, I thought it was before that. See, I've lost, I've lost was track. Was it 14? Was it? Hold on. No, it must be before that. I was going to say, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think it's even, we're even older than we think. Episode one. Yes, it was March 2014. My goodness. Crikey Moses. Yeah, it's, um, I can't, I don't even know what was going on back in 2014. What was, was it, um, uh, Capaldi was, uh, Capaldi was getting ready to, to do his thing, wasn't he? I don't what know. You, you will have to go back and listen to that very first step. Have you ever done that? Have you ever gone back and listened to you? Cause obviously I, I wasn't on board at that point. So it was just, it was just yourself. Have you ever gone back and had a listen and, um, no, I haven't. No, go I've, on, do it, do it later. Just bang <laughs> yeah. it on and just have a listen, see what was going on. I think I've gone back and listened just to to reference something, you know, to find out, you know, a certain clip or something that I reviewed or how I felt about something. But I haven't listened to an entire episode from from way back when. But um, I remember the um, when we when I first started it, I was doing just mainly the the classic episodes. Yeah, that's right. Because the yeah. whole thing, you know, the whole. Uh, 
what's the what's the thing not the mission statement but the whole point i guess of me starting the podcast was to um just to be like a, a new listener to doctor who but also to go back and appreciate all the classic stuff as well as the new doctor who and i think yeah so we started off with um you know some of the the classic stuff and then yeah i think episode 11 was deep breath and so yeah so it must have been in that period where there was no new doctor who on the tv it was peter mm. capaldi had been announced already and they would filmed a load of it and we were just you know waiting for that for that first episode to kick in of series eight yeah that's right yeah, yeah. so a lot's happened in that 100 episodes it has i was trying to think how i first first found you actually i have a feeling because there's, there's a lot of doctor who podcasts out there and mm. i think i had a feeling maybe on Twitter or something, you might have liked one of my posts. And I was like, who's this? No. Doctor Who podcast. And I always sort of then check out who's, you know, I, th I think that's how I found you. And then obviously listen to the, you know, the first few. And I remember the thing I liked about the podcast was that you were a new sort of, uh, you know, quite new to the show because it made hmm. it different. That's why I liked it because all the other Doctor Who podcasts I listen to, they're all great, but they're all people who, you know, very fanatical, know every single thing about the show and, you know, mm -hmm. have been watching it ever since they grew up, you know. And I was thinking that what I liked was, oh, I thought, oh, this guy, this is different because he's, he's finding his feet. He's like, there's all these classic stories he, uh, he hasn't seen yet. And this is quite exciting. And I think that's why I really sort of started to get, get into the show before I managed to wheedle my way on it full time. <laughs> before <laughs> you managed the plan. Before you yeah. barged in the door and just sat down and started doing it. That's it, yeah, invited on for one show and never left. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what happened was I, I was, I was having one of those evenings where I was just perusing YouTube looking for uh, fan-made Doctor Who stuff. Mm. And I found your one of your videos. I can't even remember which one it was now. It was one of your early ones. And I hit the like button and I left a comment, I believe. And then I found you on Twitter. I thought, this guy's really cool. Ah. This guy seems like a nice chap, knows, knows all his <laughs> who stuff. And yeah, so I, I, I stalked you on Twitter for a bit. That's it. You um, can't beat a bit of Twitter stalking <laughs> to bring people together. And that was it, yeah. So I thought, why not get him on? He seems the, cool. The stars aligned, which is something you often say, which I really like. I always, yes. I always think that's quite a cool way of putting it. The yeah. stars aligned. Yes, and we've been buds. Never we've been buds and co-hosts ever since. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I say to you the other day, it's funny because people people think we're joined to the hip now, we've, uh, which I kind of <laughs> like. We're like the Morecambe and Wise Lauren Hardy now. People <laughs> That's are so like, cool. When people see me, they're like, uh, you know, how's where's Gary? <laughs> like we should be together all the time, and I love that. Yeah, I'm like, oh, oh, he's he's fine. <laughs> I, I tell him all sorts of lies about you. I'm like, well, he's you know he's 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 gone in and uh, had an operation, <laughs> but he's he's doing what? No, <laughs> no, I don't really. Yeah, I know what you mean though. My wife often says to me, uh, um, "So what does Adam think about so and so?" Then I don't know. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah. I haven't spoken to him today. I'll probably speak to him maybe later or tomorrow. But right now, I'm not sure. Yeah. She's well, like, oh. we, we do speak to each other every week. I mean, I I remember when you first sort of asked me to join you join you as a co-host and i remember sort of saying to you like so do you what what should we do sort of every you know one a fortnight or one a month and you were like no every week and i was like <laughs> every week we're gonna i was thinking we're never we're never gonna be able to keep yeah. that up we're never gonna be able to record a podcast every week it's just not it's just not gonna happen um and yet we we do and i it's without without uh you know not lying it's the highlight of my week i always love it 
you know, forget work, forget the outside world. I love it when we just come on every week yeah. and just chat a load of nonsense. That's you know? it, man. That's what it's about. But I mean, I, yeah. we, we somehow did it. I mean, when we first spoke about it, I it was a bit of a challenge, I thought. like how The same as you. I was like, how are we going to do this, you know, every week? Because we had we jobs and family and stuff going on. Mm. And you and I have changed jobs in that time and yeah you know times have changed and but we've still managed to do it and it's i think that commitment to doing it is because we just love doing it and it, exactly so, and listeners are probably thinking this is a load of bs what's going on but I, <laughs> this is complete honesty it is the highlight of my week because it's just a couple of hours where we can just like you say forget about everything else yeah and just talk about something that we both love and passionate about and it's also a, a chance to hear from our listeners and see what their thoughts on stuff is and and you know more than anything else at all more than anything i just hope that in some way we've managed to pull you know our listeners out of their lives for a little bit (laughs) so that you know on a friday when it goes out or whenever you listen to it over the weekend or whatever if we've managed to pull you out of your life as well and made you forget about what's going on in the world and stuff and you've enjoyed our complete nonsense and waffle (laughs) and you know all that stuff then that's the goal. That's the main thing. And yeah, yeah. So. I guess say talking to the listeners that we have, and I'm, I'm again, I'm not just saying this. We've picked up some great followers along the way, and that you know, since we've been going, haven't we? All you guys that regularly yeah. comment and listen, and you know, and the lurkers, because I'm a lurker as well. I I was saying to someone recently, a podcast I listened to, I said, I'm just just letting you know how much I enjoy the podcast because I listen to it every week or every time you put one out, and and then I switch it off and I don't. You know, and and I forget that you guys at the other end don't even realise that I'm listening to it mm-hmm. every week. But I'm just so I'm just telling you now that I do, and I really enjoy it. And they were like, "Oh, thanks, man, thanks for letting us know." Because you do. Some people do that, and that's absolutely fine. I mean, you listen to something, you think, "Oh, it's good," and then you move on and and do something else, and you sort of forget that the other people at the other end don't necessarily know you're you're listening to it. If you know what I mean. Um, but it's great. Yeah, we really appreciate all all you guys who who comment and all you guys who listen and all you guys who download every week. It's 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 brilliant. It's why we do it. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And we've yeah. made so many friends as well since we started it. Yeah. Um, so many friends, you know, just people that leave us really nice reviews on iTunes and send us stuff on Facebook and people we meet at conventions and all that stuff. You know, we wouldn't have hardly any of that without the podcast, you know? Mm. So it's all good stuff. And it, it is a massive thank you. Uh, for sticking with us because we've got um you're hearing one of the um audio uh, reviews that we got through um uh, a guy called owen he's a relatively new listener um which is great and then we also have people who have listened right from the very beginning who have you know still you know give us a, a like and a thumbs up and still tweet and send that stuff in so regardless of if you've listened from episode one or you you've joined us from last week a massive thank you because, you know, if we didn't have you guys listening, there's no, there wouldn't be any point of us doing the show. So <laughs> we'd probably just still just waffle on to each other. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the days with when no one listened? listened. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember those days when we had listeners, eh? Oh, I wonder what they... <laughs> so, yeah, huge thanks for, uh, for sticking with us through 100 episodes. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it's probably... If there's people who run podcasts who might listen to this and think, that's oh, all right. You know, we're on episode 300 and whatever, but that's cute, guys. Keep going. But it's yeah. a little milestone for us. It's very, um, we didn't think we'd, we'd make it this long. Um, so I'm sure you'll echo my, my thoughts here, mate. It's, um, 
we're very much appreciative of all of our fans, all of you. Oh, def- fans definitely, and listeners. Yeah. It's, um, definitely, it's awesome. It's been fun. <laughs> it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of the times where we've been, because you're saying about last year as well, all the, uh, you know, we, we, sometimes when we've changed jobs and stuff and there's been little things get in the way and we've somehow always managed to get around it. I'm thinking of the time, one of my favourites, uh, it wasn't when we did it, but it is now looking back at it, is when we recorded, um, I recorded one in a car <laughs> because That's not right. driving, I hasten to add. I, I think I'd had to move out through of my house for a couple of months and and um, there was just nowhere to go where it was quiet. So I went and sat in a car on the drive and recorded one in there just, oh yeah just, i remember because i was like i said to gary i, I don't know how we're going to record it this way mate we've got screaming kids we've got roadworks got, it's just nightmare there's nowhere i can be you know where it's quiet and yeah i managed to find like you know somebody's car i could sit in for two hours <laughs> and that was back when i had that terrible little mic because gary got me a, a proper professional mic now so you guys can hear me all clear and all my gravelly clarity but <laughs> yeah. um but back then i had this sort of little tiny mic on a wire didn't i do you remember it, it looked it looked like the thing that davros has in remembrance of the Daleks. Oh, that's right yeah <laughs> it was a terrible yeah. little thing yeah so it's falling this... apart didn't it and crackling oh, and, yeah. yeah it was held together with black tape, and yeah but i i still that's one of my favorite little memories it was a nightmare at the time but i love looking back thinking even then we still managed to. We still did it. When yeah. I was homeless for a couple of months, we still managed to do one. Yeah. yeah. And then we had the little thing with um, with Daphne when we did the Daphne Ashbrook interview. We had, oh, yeah. We had everything set up and um, like literally uh, like a couple of hours before we were due to record, um, I had like a bit of a family emergency. So I had to go and, you know, it got cancelled and we, I was like, oh, crikey. And then it was like, no, we're not going to let this go. We're going to do it. So we rescheduled and I couldn't record in a normal place. So I just had my laptop and microphone down in the front room with wires everywhere. And <laughs> you just do it, you know. It's, yeah. Daphne yeah. was really cool yeah. that, that time. Cool. The best yeah. thing about you cancelling that night was that um, I got to I got to Skype her for two hours by myself. And we just talked about the everything you could think of. It was the most random sort of thing ever really she's so lovely we were like talking about harold and maud you know a really sort of cult classic film and it, yeah it was strange so out of every band thing a good thing comes exactly yes yeah. and we did yeah, like you said we bagged that interview in the end and she was great so yes that's a good point actually a big thank you to all of the people that we've um we've interviewed on the show who have we done um daphne neil perryman neil perryman yeah he was cool he was yeah he was he sort of got the, the whole point because he jumped on very early, I think it was like episode mm. two or three or something, and he was like, "I really love the fact that you're a new you're a new viewer to Who, and you, yeah, you, you know, because I'm he was like, I'm extremely jealous that you get to experience all of the world of Doctor Who fresh and new. You know, that must be a great feeling. So he he got it. You know, that was really good. He was he's such a great guy as well. He's really funny. Um, who else have we done? Uh, Andy Frankamallon, that your your mate at Mr. Andy. Mr. Andy, yeah, when back when he was launching the Lethbridge Stewart range of books. Uh he spoke about that. He was a really good laugh as well. Really knows his Doctor Who as well. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff. Um Andrew Cartmel. Andrew Cartmel, that was the latest one, wasn't it? Yes. He was such a good interviewee. He's a yeah, he's yeah. a smashing bloke. I enjoyed that one a lot. Yeah. yeah. It was good. And um, we got some more lined up as well. We're speaking yeah. to um a couple of peeps at the moment so there'll be some more some more in the pipeline that's it we just need to get uh just need to get matthew waterhouse on board <laughs> do we yeah i'd love to interview him actually i've never we've not well i haven't approached him i don't know if you have 
But I'd love to interview Matthew Waterhouse. I think it'd be brilliant. But uh, yeah, I'm a little bit scared to approach him. But I might do. Perhaps on the 200th. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. On the 200th. The interview. The Adric. (laughs) For 200, maybe we should get someone a little, you know, Mr. Capaldi. Yes, he might have finished, you know, finished working on Series 10 by then. So yeah, we could do. Maybe. Mm. Anyways, enough with the soppy stuff. Mm. Uh, thank you very much for listening 100 episodes it's all good shall we land the t- actually no before we land the TARDIS how have you been Adam how have you been my good friend <laughs> I've been roasting you've been roasting hot like the rest roasting, of us roasting yeah but I'm not complaining because uh, we're in the middle of a mini heat wave here in the UK listeners uh, <laughs> which is very unusual we don't see the sun very mm. often and when we do we can't stop moaning about it <laughs> that's very true yeah. it's true we, we, we want the summer and then when it arrives we're all we all say, oh, it's so hot, I can't bear it. Um, but I've been, yes, I've been sat in the sunshine, uh, <laughs> not doing a lot. <laughs> I watched our review app, and um, obviously, which has took up quite a bit of time because it's 10 episodes long. So I managed to get that watched. And I did watch some of the extras on it. It's about the only other Who thing I've done this week um, is I watched some of the extras on the War Games. And there's there's one on there that... I swear I've never seen it before. It was like it appeared out of nowhere. I was like, what's this devious extra? What's this? And it's like, there's like a fan made Doctor Who episode on there. And, um, and I don't know when it was, I think it's from the, might be from the nineties or something, but, but it's also got suddenly John Pert. Cause I was, I'm not being nasty. I sort of watched a bit of it and then thought, no, I haven't got time for this. Um, and I was about to switch it off. So I fast forwarded a little bit. It's not, not cause it wasn't good or anything. Oh. I just, you know, I just, I'd already just watched two hours of TV. I thought I better do something else. But then suddenly John Pert, we popped up in it and I was like, John Pert was in it. What's, what, what's going on? So I did go back and watch it and it's quite, it's quite an interesting little project. Actually, hmm. if you get a chance, it's, um, it's sort of filling in what might've happened between the war games and spearhead from space. And John Pertwee makes, uh, his final appearance as the third doctor, I believe in it. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a fan project go. It's very, very interesting. I love the, the, the effort they've gone to in it. Like they've built a TARDIS, uh, interior and stuff wow. like that. Yeah. And, um, they've got a few other actors from, the show in it as well um yeah it looks like they, they put a lot of effort into it but but it's bizarre because i mean it's not the first time i've put the extras on and i've never seen it before it was as if it just suddenly materialized out of nowhere like a bit like it was a hidden easter egg a bit like in blink it just was suddenly there <laughs> so, so that was quite enjoyable but that's about the only other who thing i've done this week um i've been too busy sunbathing what about you uh yeah not much really over the week um it took quite a while to watch um the war games, obviously. Uh, there must yeah. be about four and a half hours, nearly five it's, hours worth of. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> um, they're all 25, 24, 25 minutes long. I take it you didn't watch them all in one go. I watched five and five. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I um, watched five, two, and then three. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, which, uh, yeah, it's a bit like the Star Wars. Um, saga you know there's always that how do you watch you know all six films or all seven films now do you do one to be four five six seven or do you do five six six four five six one two three and all that stuff it's a bit like that you know how do you break it up you know i mean it, I, I guess there's many many people that have watched one to ten in one in fact i know there is one of our uh, listeners who sent in a review um watched all 10 episodes back to back oh wow <clears throat> and then did his review for us so um that's, quite, that's that's good going. That is very good going, yeah. Mm. Um, so I watched the first five, then the final five. Um, 
which is good. Not much really. Caught up on some Titan stuff. Um, managed to read um, that Supremacy of the Cybermen comic that Titan did. Oh, mine's just last. arrived. Is, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Any good? Very good. Right. I love the covers. I, yeah, I think they're brilliant. Good. Yeah. Very, very, very good. Mm. Uh, other than that, not much because it's been way too hot to sit in front <laughs> of a TV or a computer much. And yes. It has. It yeah. has indeed. Yeah. Right, before we land a TARDIS and do some news, should we give away some stuff? Yes, I think we should. Let's give away some goodies. Some goodies. So we're going to give away a goodie bag to celebrate um, episode 100. And we're going to, we've got a new logo, which will be up soon. Mm. Um, and that's going to be on some T-shirts. So if you want to win a Big Blue Box podcast T-shirt and some other bits and pieces, which are basically going to throw in uh, a, a bag full of cool Doctor Who stuff, essentially. All you need to do is tell us what was the story that we reviewed, or I reviewed, or spoke about back in episode one. Of the podcast. Of this podcast, yeah. Not episode one of anything else. (laughs) Of the podcast. (laughs) Uh, Usual stuff applies. You can send us an email. You can send us a tweet, a Facebook post. Carrier pigeon. Yeah, you can send the answer on the back of a postcard. (laughs) Um, Whichever way you like on social media. It doesn't really matter. And then we'll tell you who's one. Next week, if we remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a high possibility that we won't remember. But There is always that possibility. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so you're going to have to go back and listen to episode one. And I spoke about a particular classic story. So just tell us which story that was. And we'll get Brilliant. out Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Right. Should we land it? Okay, let's land it. Do the news. First up, another one of these, um, what, what looks like a crazy daytime TV program. You know these programs I'm talking about. A crazy? Crazy, you know, daytime TV. Yeah. Where you've got these um, uh, ideas where people, you know, just basically a way for people to uh, sort of, you know, use their spare time up by spending money on tat, <laughs> essentially. It's all the, you know, things like, um, bargain, you know these bargain hunt things where people go around car boot sales essentially, yeah, and find stuff that looks like you know complete rubbish. Um, but then there's a, some sort of specialist behind them saying, no, 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 it's fine, it's worth loads of money. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those type of programs. However, it does feature a full size Dalek. Yeah. So the programming question is, um, sell or swap. Now, I've not heard of this show. What channel is it on? It's new. Oh, it's new. So it hasn't actually... No. Okay, that's why I haven't heard of it. Which is why I haven't heard of it. So <laughs> um, so it's a TV auction show, um, which is going to be out relatively soon. And it's... Yeah. So the, the premise of it is potential buyers, they can go to, um, they can go to an auction and bid on uh, items in the program. And um, if they didn't want to, you know, like a standard auction works where you turn up and everyone puts their, holds the card up or their little signals, they rub their nose, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, the, the price goes up and up and up. It's similar to that, but there's a little twist in it where if you didn't want to 
if you haven't, you know, you're not in the market to actually buy anything, but you want to get rid of something, you can take an item that you want to get rid of and you can basically mm. do a swap. Right. So it's called bid or uh, sell or swap where, you know, you've got, you know, several items that are just taking up space in your house and you either <laughs> want to sell it at auction or um, if there's something in the auction that takes your eye, you can, you know, do a swap, essentially. Sell or swap. Yeah, there's a clue in the title. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's the premise of the show. However, on one of the programs coming up in this series, um, somebody is selling a full-size replica Dalek in black. Mm. It looks like Dalek sec, doesn't it? It does. And it looks yeah. very good, actually. Normally... It does um, look good. When you see um, collectors or people that have got a full-size Dalek, not all the time, but, you know, quite a few times, they're a bit dented. They've got scuffs around the bottom. They've not been in the best shape. They might have been kept in the shed. The missus might have got the hump. I don't want that thing in here anymore. <laughs> Out to the shed with it. Um, but this one looks mint. It so looks could I, great. It does look fantastic. It looks like a lot of work's gone into it. So can I just take along some old bit of tat and say, uh, yeah, I'll give you this uh, Give you this pair of shoes. <laughs> They're a bit smelly, but, you know, they've only been worn a few times for this Dalek. Or what? I assume it's got to be like of the same sort of equivalent. I mean, but what, what can you swap for a Dalek, though, is what I'm saying. Like, Well, that's the thing. You have to, yeah. be, you have, to have some common My sense, car? you know. <laughs> you have to have some common sense and you have to have something of... I'm guessing anyway, sort of like an equivalent value. So yeah, you can't just turn up with a pencil sharpener and be like, you know, <laughs> let's do a trade. You yeah. know, that's not going to work. <laughs> um, so they, they think that um, a, a good quality um, Dalek replica, uh, and this one actually breaks down into several parts, like the, the top dome bit comes off and then the middle section that's got the, the egg whisk and the plunger comes off. Um, so it breaks into three parts and they think this will fetch roughly two thousand pounds which is pretty good um so if you've got something roughly of that value that you want to get rid of that you just can't be asked to go through the auction process (laughs) you can just say yep you can have this i'll take that i've got visions of us going down there with all our junk just piling (laughs) up anything we don't want me and you right let's get down there let's let's see what we can do here let's make a deal (laughs) because it is brilliant he's he's clearly put a lot lot of effort into this i mean why does he want to get rid of it i don't know it looks awesome very it looks good condition. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And it's spot yeah. on as well. The like the the build and you know, just the way it looks is completely spot on. There's no It room. looks like you can get in it, doesn't it? I think you can do, yeah. 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 So the company is Crook Productions and they're looking for people who are going to put bids in um before they actually film the program. So I think they want like a lineup of people ready to to, to bid on it. And it that um auction's going to take place in Bristol on Tuesday the 26th of July. So if you're interested, um, you should um, send an email to uh, Cleo, Cleo Dixie at crookproductions.com, which is C-L-E-O-D-I-X-E-Y. Cleo Dixie at crookproductions.com, if you're interested. Brilliant. And they will get you on the program and they'll film you doing your thing, bidding away. There we go. I'm not sure when the program is going to go out on TV, but be interested to know how much this will go for or if yeah, anyone like, actually turns up with something that they think they want to trade. 
That's what I was going to say. I'd like to watch this just to see what people try and trade in for it. It'd be quite interesting, I think. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, in other news, uh, <laughs> I'll just, I just was trying to think of things people would take. Um, <laughs> in other news, uh, Matt Smith, he's, he's in a play in London at the moment, um, which means he's doing a few press bits and bobs. Um, and, of course, inevitably, he's been asked a lot about Doctor Who. So he was in a Guardian Live web chat uh, the other day. And um, I think uh, somebody phoned in and said, how could her daughter become the next Doctor? That's Which, right. of course, then started up the whole, you know, lit the fire of the whole <laughs> female Doctor debate once again. Um, and basically, he just said it could it could be closer than we think. Um, he was sort of suggesting that when Capaldi goes, the next Doctor could be a female Doctor. Yeah, and uh, something that he would very much like to see. Um, he joins Colin Baker, who's another doctor that would very much like to see a female doctor. He's uh, Matt Smith said, uh, "I think a lady doctor would uh, could be close. It would be fun. So practice, practice, practice. Talk really fast, think really fast, and be really brave and mad and silly. And good luck. Maybe it will be you." He said to the. Uh, oh, that's cool. Young age. So yeah, yeah. Matt's uh, he, do, he do, does always come across as really nice guy. Actually, Matt. Yes, and he also goes on to say, I'm not sure if this is sarcasm or not quite not quite sure, but he went on to say uh, he's very grateful for everything that Doctor Who has done for him. He said, it's opened more doors than it's closed. Uh, like everything, it's a process of time. In 10 years, hopefully I'll be known for something else. Now, I'm not sure if he's being sarcastic there or if he genuinely means um, that you know he'll get into a franchise or something that when you think of Matt Smith, you'll think of something else other than the Doctor. I'm not sure. Yeah, I can understand it from a work point of view, but mm. why would you want to be known as anything else? I think what, <laughs> to be one of the doc, one of the doctors is probably one of the best things you could ever do. <laughs> uh, do you know what I mean, it's just so iconic, and in, and um, and it will go down in history. It's just, do you know I mean, I don't think there's anything better. I think that sometimes when someone does become the doctor, it's very hard to find anything that li- that lives up to it, is it? Because you know there is nothing better but uh, but i know what he means from a word point of view <laughs> yeah i think um you know when he's uh, in his in his 70s and he hasn't got any work on mm-hmm. and he's looking for money and you know he's hobbling around the convention circuit yeah, he'll soon <laughs> be thankful for doctor who then yeah <laughs> i was tempted to go and try and try and meet him actually at the uh, stage door I'm, i was thinking i might go and see the play actually because i'd like to um i'd like to get a photo with him i've got a couple of autographs but i was always denied a picture by hmv security both times i've met him um even though he was quite happy to have one so i kind of feel like i need to get that box ticked okay. and uh, i've seen a couple of people i know that have gone up and got a picture with him and said he's really nice and stuff but um, apparently you do have to wait around quite a long time though because he does like to go to the bar after the uh, right. show <laughs> so i don't know i was thinking about it i thought i might go and linger around the stage door but i'm not sure i think it was about half 11 when he came out the other night and i'd just be stuck in london <laughs> just be like yeah i got a picture of matt but i can't get home i can't get home yeah <laughs> yeah that play is um unreachable is that right yeah yeah that's the one. Yeah, it might be cool. I remember missing out on seeing David Tennant when he was doing, I think it was Richard Third. That was with Catherine Tate, wasn't it? Wasn't it the two of them? Or oh, was no, that, that was Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, uh, yes. That was quite a few years back, yeah. But Richard Third apparently was amazing. He was really good, but I missed that one. So might have to go and see Matt. Be good. Yeah, tempted. I'll see how what the ticket prices are like. Sure. <laughs> right, let's get the Daleks in. Got uh, a yeah. little bit of merch. A bit of merch. Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. 
It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Did you know that San Diego Comic Con is happening right now? Is it? I didn't know that. Actually, no. Yeah. So this time of year, um, essentially, the whole world just goes mad for four (laughs) or five days. Um, When everyone, whenever you hear the term Comic Con, and it's not prefixed with anything like London Film and Comic Con or New York Comic Con, um, that generally means you're talking about the the mothership of all Comic Cons, which is the San Diego Comic Con. Mm. And it's essentially four or five days where every major film and TV franchise and video game franchise just gets together in San Diego and just blows the roof off in one four-day massive media party. Basically. Mm, Sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. And what they normally do is we have like a million exclusives that are labelled as SDCC Mm. exclusive. If we think back over the last couple of years, we've had quite a few of the Doctor Who pop Funkos that have been the San Diego Comic-Con exclusives. You get the little sticker on the box and all that jazz. Um, So there's been a couple of things that have come out already for Doctor Who. Oh. um, From from Comic-Con. I'm not sure if they're Comic-Con exclusives or they've just been announced at Comic-Con. Um, but it's, at the moment, it's just kitchenware, which is relatively boring. Yeah. But anyways, if you want a massive mug <laughs> uh, with a cool uh, sort of Shakespearean uh, TARDIS design on the front, um, you'll be able to get one very soon. So a 64-ounce mug, which is huge. If you look at the picture, well, well if you click a link from this from the show notes, it's um, it's absolutely massive. It's huge. So if you like your cup of tea... If you like a bucket of tea, as opposed to a mug of tea, this is up your street, and it looks really nice. Actually, it's got um, it's got just the TARDIS on the front. It's got like these nice old, you know, old Edwardian or Shakespearean sort of style lettering with like on a flag or a banner, or whatever. Um, and it says TARDIS at the top and time and relative dimensioning. You know, so it, it, the design is very very nice. What does it say on the Dalek bit? Because my eyes can't see it from here. There's like a Dalek wrapped in some lettering, but I can't see what it says. Yeah, it says, um, uh, destroy the TARDIS. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so, nice as always. Um, but it does look very nice. So, like I said, if you like your, if you like a big mug of tea, uh, then go for that. And then there's also um, released some Christmas Doctor Who mugs as well. So if you um if you can think back to some of the really oh, that's not the right word I was going to say atrocious Christmas jumpers that have been out over the years for Doctor <laughs> Who this is in exactly the same style it looks like a knitted pattern yeah that goes around the mugs and they got like a little Tardis and a weeping angel and a Dalek and stuff uh, they do look quite nice but they look very small especially in comparison to the massive sixty four ounce mug that you can also buy. I was thinking um, we could do one of these today, couldn't we? Because it's so hot. I was just thinking I could do one of these just filled with water. Because uh, I've got two glasses of two pint glasses next to me filled with water to keep me going for the show. You've normally got a massive jam jar. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Have yeah. you got a jam jar today? Or uh, you... No, just a standard. Just a standard glass standard tumbler. Glass, yep. But yeah, it'd be good if we had these. I think these could last the whole show if we had one of these each week. Because they are big. They are quite big, yes. Mm. 
Um, How much are they? Perhaps we'll get one for Christmas. Um, not out in the UK as yet. You can get uh -huh. them over in the US. Um, yeah, they're $16. So what's that? A tenner? That's not much, is it? Not too bad. Mm. Um, yeah, so if you're into, if you need a new mug for your tea or whatever you'd like to drink, they should be able to um, be up for order very soon. Um, yeah. In the so, UK, Shane, anyway. so are we expecting some more announcements later for this? Um, you think? Yeah, normally with, with Comic-Con, they normally, stuff just gets announced, it seems like, every hour over mm. the, the, the three or four days that it's on for mainly. But that's normally like the really big franchises that are there, so like DC Comics and the Marvel stuff and Star Wars, all that lot. Um, mm. So I'm not sure on Doctor Who. I'm not sure. I mean, there have been some really big Doctor Who events at Comic-Con in the past. If you have a search on YouTube, you'll be able to find um, David Tennant, Russell T. Davis and John Barrowman at Comic-Con a massive packed out stage i've seen that yeah yeah talking about one. upcoming mm. stuff so it just depends on how big your presence is at, on that uh, that year that you're there so i'm really not sure how much they're going to push doctor who um at this year yeah because there's not not much else on the merch side is it the only other thing that's exciting me out at the minute um which i haven't got my my dirty little hands on <laughs> yet is the uh is these um b&m sets uh, exclusives of the three doctor figures um mm. which have just started to come into the shops and i um i went to b&m yesterday my local one they didn't have them and uh, i spoke to a woman on the phone the other day it was incredibly rude she was just <laughs> like she was so condescending and she didn't like the fact that i knew what i was talking about and she didn't and she got really prickly with me on the phone <laughs> um so uh, so i haven't had any joy getting these but i have seen people who have um and i to be honest, there's three sets, um, but the one that I've got my eye on is uh, the one with John Pertwee, Katie Manning, and the uh, and Roger Delgado Master in in one box, and they're normally really well priced as well, normally about fourteen ninety nine. So um, that's the only other thing that's just come out that I'm trying to get <laughs> trying to get my hands on. Uh, okay, yeah. So I get really jealous. I just saw that. Uh, that uh, a couple of people we know have got it, like uh, Ben let the host productions has just done a video on it. And I was like, I was like, I can't watch it. I can't watch it till <laughs> I've got it. I can't watch it till I've got that in my collection. Uh, so hopefully my useless, rude store uh, will get it in soon. <laughs> they do look quite nice, actually. Yeah, what's the other one? There's a Tenant set, isn't there? So there's a Tenth Doctor one with the, what's he got? He's got a Cyberman and something else. Uh, is it, it's not River, is it? Um was it an Astravada? Oh, oh, I don't know. Um, and the other one is an Ice Warrior. Oh, it is a, uh, yeah. Is it an Astravada? An Astravada, yeah, and Cyberman. Cyberman, yeah. And what's the other one? An yeah. Ice Warrior. Ice Warrior and a Zygon. Cy Zygon and a Cyberman. Yeah. So they're, they're nice little sets. I mean, I know you, you probably won't pick these up because you're not really into the, the figures as such, are you? But Not really. I mean, I like the, no. the Pertwee and... Delgado set with uh, Katie. Katie Manning. Yeah, that Joe looks Manning. quite good. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. That looks quite good. Um, maybe that one, but I do like the little Zygon geezer. He's good. He looks actually. very nice. Yeah. 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 He's, they've repainted him, but I've got, I have got like the early version I did of him and he's quite a good figure actually. It looked good on the shelf. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, if you, if you could get one, <laughs> get it. If you, can, if you can get hold of him. If you can you find him. Yeah. <laughs> But that's it. There isn't much merch, is there, at the minute? No, I mean, that. yeah. So keep your eyes on Twitter and stuff for mm. the Comic Con bits. I imagine there might be a couple more exclusive knocking about. I'm fully expecting Pop, the Pop Funko guys, to announce something. They normally Hopefully. do. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to do for merch.
Mm. So, Adam, Jamie, Gary. Oh no! Oh, oh no! Oh. <laughs> I, I, I say, Adam. What are we reviewing this week? This week it can only be the second Doctor classic, The War Games. What did he mean, Doctor? Who mustn't you call? The only people who can put an end to this whole ghastly business and send everyone back to their own times. The Time Lords. Well, who are they? They're my own people, Jamie. Oh, well, that's all right then. But it isn't all right, is it, Doctor? No, it's not, Zoe. But I'm afraid there's no alternative. What's doing? Don't do it, Doctor. You can't! You know what will happen! Jamie. I know I can see that. It's a very special sort of box. It now contains all the information about what's been going on here and an appeal for help. Help? Who from? The Time Lords. Yes, Zoe. Well, why haven't you asked them for help before? I've never really needed it before, Jamie, but this business of sending everyone back to their own times is, well, it's too difficult for me now. Now, come along. The War Chief! What? He's gone! What? He must be trying to get away before the Time Lords get here. What are we going to do, Doctor? We must go to the landing bay and stop him. <laughs> I do love that little scene. That that cube bit reminds me of um, the Doctor's wife. You know when the Doctor receives a cube, uh, sort of like a thought cube or whatever oh, they're called yeah. in that. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that. That the mm-hmm. Doctor puts his like message in a cube and sends it out. That's, yeah, that's nice. Nice little scene. That the War Games. Mmm. Ten episodes. <sighs> Ten big ones. Yeah. Back in nineteen sixty nine. Wow. It went out April, in fact. This was a follow-on from the... Uh, uh, this was a follow-on from a story that I'm quite gutted that we haven't got the episodes for, the Space Pirates. Well, I don't know, because what there is, I think there is a, a surviving episode of it, and it's pretty hard going from what I remember. Well, do you know what? The story sounds very good, though. Does it? Okay, yeah. I yeah. guess it might be like... Um, the enemy of the world when we used to have just one episode or whatever of that. And it was like the worst episode from the series and the rest of it was brilliant. Maybe the space pirates is the same. <laughs> I, I think so. I think that sounds like a really good story. It's a shame. They've only got one, one story, but anyway, space pirates sounds good. So the war games though, um, right before the brilliant spearhead from space. Yes. So if you're in the mood for some, some classic who uh second and third doctor this will be the one if you've got the time if you can watch <laughs> this one followed by spearhead you're in for a great treat i was just looking to see because you mentioned when this aired so this was um sort of april to june 1969 and then spearhead from space is january 1970 i think isn't it that's right yep so because it amazes me the difference in style production obviously we're in color with spearhead and but it just the, the sort of advancement in the making of a TV show and the way it's filmed is so different between these two stories, and they're not that far apart, are they? Um, you know, because well, you think of the yep. War Games, it's very much shot in that sixties style, very mm-hmm. much you know, 
and then you get to like the you know the, the um spearhead from space and it's just it's just almost like it feels much more modern and you know much yeah. more yeah a it lot, just always amazes me that they sort of follow each other because they are so different a lot happens in that six months of because the the last episode of um the war games goes out at the end of june and then yeah spearhead from space goes out mm, uh the third of jan so yeah. it's literally like pretty much six months between them but yeah it's a very different the pacing and everything though isn't it it's just yeah. so much more in the modern style of tv yeah yeah mm. very cool but anyway the war games the war games written by terence Dix and malcolm hook well, saying that right hook hulk hulk yeah. uh directed by david maloney mm-hmm. um overseen by terence Dix, who uh sorted the script out but he's uncredited yeah he did a lot of that i think a lot of sorting out our terence a lot of sorting it yeah a lot of filing <laughs> Yeah. Um, right. So it's kind of it's kind of difficult to know where to start with this one because there's mm. so much content over ten episodes. Obviously, I um, know for a fact that I'm not going to know any of the characters' names. So I kept thinking all the way through. There's the cast list for this is just <laughs> immense, isn't it? Yeah. I was thinking. Loads, I'm yeah. just oh, and yeah. Anyway. Um. I, I, yeah, I'm exactly the same. I probably won't remember. Uh, the names of specific characters. All I know is a lot of characters do a lot of shouting. Yes. It's a very shouty episode where there's a lot of sort of highly strung characters, uh, very tense and um, yes, a lot of shouting going on, but the, the supporting cast list is pretty huge. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. rightly so as well. I mean, it's, it spans over several uh, time zones, several locations. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's quite a bit going on. So overall, mate, what did you reckon to what? What do you think to um, this as a as a story and a, a Doctor Who? If it wasn't ten episodes, you know, if you just watched it, you know, back to back, what do you reckon as a a classic story? Um, I, I think it is exactly that a classic story. I think it's a great send off for for Pat. Um, I think it, it, I mean, it is, it is, uh, it is adventurous being 10 parts. Um, I I don't think it was originally planned to be, was it? I think they kind of had to stretch it out for various reasons. Um, I think it might've been originally planned to be a six parter, which would have been better because although I think it still flows along really nicely considering it is 10 parts. I do think there is quite a lot of padding. There's a lot of escape capture going on. Yes. Um, yeah. But but I think uh, yeah I think if it had been a six parter, it obviously would have been much tighter and it would have been just brilliant. But I still think yeah I still think it's brilliant. I really really like this one. Yeah. What about just yourself? Um. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Too much for you. I love it, mate. Oh, you. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's um. It's one. Of, it's one of those stories that. Is so clever, mm. cleverly written, beautifully acted, um, and is just one. It's one of those stories that pulls you in. Yes, you know, it's like you're on the other end of a, you're on the other end of, um, uh, you know, a rope, and you're being softly, gently, sort of pulled in one direction, and as you're getting pulled, you're like, I quite like this. Mm. you know mm-hmm. and then you think well i've got to go make a cup of tea no nope, hold on i'll wait till the end and you go make a cup of tea and you're like i'll watch the rest later now let's watch another one now 
So we just keep going and we keep going. And yeah, like I said earlier, I watched five episodes and I could have gone on a bit longer, to be honest with you. I could have maybe watched an, uh, like six and seven, but I really did have to go and pick up the boy from school. Mm. You know, if I couldn't let... <laughs> yeah, uh, Miss, uh, Mr. Aylock, you, you haven't come to collect your son yet. Yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm watching the war games. I'll be there later, yeah. So I literally had to stop and go and do boring family everyday stuff um but it, it's although it does it, it does have a lot of padding in there you know and it's there's good padding isn't it, it? it's good padding in a way yeah i mean yeah. It, like you say it could have been easily a good six-parter quite easily they could have done away with quite a few things but it just i don't know it's just one of those stories that i felt it, it's just a, a really nice watch each episode. You know, you're just intrigued mm. as to, you know, where the story is going to progress from here. And it's it's a realistic um, uh, sort of, uh, you, you're looking forward to it realistically as well. You know that it, this it, it's like a, a, a slow burner, if you like. Mm. So you know that episode to episode, there's not going to be these massive plot twists and stuff like that. You know that it's a really long story. But it's it's just like you're steadily climbing a mountain. You and they know, just and give you little bits, don't they? Yes. Each episode gives yeah. you a little bit more of what's going on um, yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. So, you, you know, you're, you're not like hiking up Everest, um, you know, and, and you're knackered at the end of it. It's just a really nice casual walk. But then once you get to the top of the mountain, it's like that achievement of like, yes, I've got through 10 episodes. And that was actually very good. I really yeah. enjoyed it. So it's that kind of mindset for me. It's um, it's like a marathon rather than a sprint. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, modern Doctor Who, you know, 45 minutes, 50 minutes, it's all out, you know, action sometimes and pacing. This is a lot more um, refined, mm. I think is the word. I, I was the same as you, actually, funny enough, because I, I plan to watch sort of two episodes each day. And I think I said to you last week, I'm going to start it this week and then finish it next week sort of spread it out yeah. and I did exactly the same thing I put in disc one which has got five episodes on and I watched all five in a go because I just got to the end and thought oh, I'll just watch one more I watched, I watched three not two and then I got to the end of the third I thought, actually I may as well watch the other two because you know I, I, yeah it's the same as you and then I thought right I'll leave it there I could have quite happily moved on to disc two yeah. um, and I saved it for this week and uh, I'm kind of glad actually because it was but I, but I was genuinely sort of looking forward to so carrying on the story. Yeah. I kept thinking, you know, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's not a chore. It's amazing, actually, that they managed to make a 10-episode story be so um, enjoyable to watch. It does just carry you along, you, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's quite an achievement, really. Yeah. yeah, and I can think of a couple of other classic uh, Doctor Who stories that are six-parters, and at the end of episode three, you know, I just looked like a like a – a person staked out in the desert with vultures like <laughs> you know chipping away at my face thinking yeah. you know how long is this going to bloody go on for yeah so it is an achievement and that's a testament to terence dix and malcolm hulk Hulk, um because it's just a lovely well-written piece of science fiction it's it's just got you know classic written all over it at every turn really the, the actual storyline as well, the idea to, behind the whole war games is, is great, isn't mm. it? It's a very simple story, but, but what a great idea, yeah. you know, of having all these different fractions fighting and it turns out that they're not in different time zones and it's very, very, it's a great story yeah. in terms of the script. Yeah, and I think it was, 
for, in my opinion, I think it was ahead of its time at mm. the time. Because if you think about some of the the aspects around just the Doctor's character, um, it's the first time that we see the Time Lords in Classic Who. Is that right? Yeah. It's the first time that we first see time those. Right? Yeah. First time I mentioned, first time the Doctor interacts with the Time Lords, the first time mm. that we see um, the Time Lords in a way that maybe people hadn't thought about them before. Um, because we don't really know. And we also get the conversation where... Uh, the doctor's having um the the doctor converses with what's his name the war chief yeah so, there's the war chief the war lord yeah so the war chief the guy with the the crazy beard mm. <laughs> um they actually they actually have a conversation about him you know being bored on gallifrey you know wanting to see more of the world didn't want to just sit there and observe so stealing a tardis and running away you know that's yeah, that that's stuff that we take for granted now. But if yeah. you think about back in the day, like watching that, thinking, "Holy moly!" You know, we get we get into you know an insight into you know why the Doctor is you know this the crazy old dude you know traveling you know almost running away across the universe from the Time Lords, just you know trying to do anything but sit there and be bored on Gallifrey and just do nothing but watch the universe. He wants to be in the thick of it and see what's going on. Um, so some very like um, monumentous, you know, plot details in the story, um, and it's that, that that this is really like setting. This is like the one of the benchmarks, if you like, to how you do a, a very good um, Time Lord story, you know, with the Time Lords and that stuff. Mm. Because we've seen, especially in modern Doctor Who, where you know the, the Time Lords have been a little bit. At times, they've they've kind of wishy washy with their purpose and you know you know what they're how they view the Doctor and so on. In 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 this uh, story, they're very much they're very cold almost. Mm. You know, they have these little nice sort of hearty moments where they allow um, Jamie and Zoe to go and see the Doctor before he's you know has his verdict on his little trial. Um, you know, they're quite warm-hearted in these little moments but overall they're very cold and very you know politically and by the book and yeah you know quite harsh to the doctor as well um so yeah that that's one of the things that really stood out for me was these very big moments within the story that if you were watching it back in the day as a as a doctor who fan you'd be like whoa this is um this is this is great stuff. We're getting to see an insight into the Doctor's background and and all that. So, yeah, and then they do it quite well, don't they? Because they just give you enough, but not too much. Because they they don't sort of give away all the Doctor's backstory. No, you know, they still keep the mystery of this. You know, this the, the Doctor, but they just give you some little tidbits that we've not had to now. And if you think this is Series Six, isn't it, of Doctor Who? So it's a first, so we get all the way to Series Six before we really start to even delve into his. Yeah, his character um, to this extent. Anyway, uh, that's yeah, that's quite good going. But I just love the fact that they don't go overboard with it. They don't sort of, you know, tell us too much. You mm -hmm. know, they just give us a little bit to, to go on of why he, because he sort of brushes over it, doesn't he? As well, the Doctor when Zoe says, you know, why did you, why did you run away, Doctor? Like, you know, what was the reason? And he's just like, oh, I, I just got bored, and he doesn't really. He sort of brushes it off yeah. as well. So they don't, you know, they don't go overboard in giving us too much information. Um, which I really liked. Yeah, I love the Time Lords in this. They're almost like 
headmasters or teachers or that authoritarian sort of, mm-hmm. you know, um, very sort of moralistic, uh, yes. you know. Yeah. And there's no messing with them either. I'll tell you what I love is they're so calm, but you but it's almost quite chilling because you know that they're, they mean business, don't they? Even though they're so calm in the way they do it, mm-hmm. you know, you, there's no messing with them. Um, yeah, I think they're really good in this. Really cool. Yeah. And we also have this bit where the, uh, they're on the, um, where, where are they? Where the war chief and the warlord are? Is it, it's in, um, well, that's the bit I've always got a little bit confused by because we've got, so we've got like this planet, alien planet, haven't we? When they've taken lots of different people out of different wars um, so that they can monitor them to, to build like the ultimate, you know, um, the ultimate uh, band of, you know, what do I mean? The ultimate army. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, they want to yeah. build the ultimate army so they can conquer the world. So they've sort of taken different sort of people out of different time zones to see how they fought the war uh, to, to sort of use that to build the ultimate army. And that, that in itself is a brilliant idea. Yeah. So that's that. I'm not sure. Is that happening on a different planet to where they go and they're sort of watching it? Because they mainly talk to each other through monitors, don't they? Until they actually use, right. the, TARD, yeah. use the TARDIS to... Uh, to yeah. get there. So presumably they're on a different place, yeah. I, I think it looks like a space station. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it does have that look about it, yeah. Yeah, so there's a bit when they're on this space station and the Doctor and the War Chief first see each other. And in that moment, their facial expressions are like, it's you, it's you. And then we get that confirmation, don't we? Because one of the, um, one of the guys who's the security chief you know the, the the smallish guy with the glasses. Mm-hmm. He he he's been sort of very suspicious of the war chief, hasn't he? Yeah. Um. Because that's another thing is there's another race of people as well that the warlord and the war chief have sort of taken over, if you like, and and he, they're using them and their sort of advanced technology to make all this happen. And they suspect the war chief that he's up to no good, and um. So when that in episodes two and three, when those conversations are happening between those two, we we do get like a little in, a little like you say a little nugget of info. Like, is he a time lord? Mm. This war chief guy is he from Gallifrey? Is he a time lord? Because this the security chief is, and um, we're not saying that because we can't remember their names. That is just their title in the story. They don't yeah, have names. Right. It literally is just the war chief or the security chief. So that he's saying like you know is he from is he a time lord? We don't know. Because the security chief is saying, you know, he's this doctor is from, he has like space and time technology. Mm. You know, he's very much like your people. So they sort of tease you a little bit. And then when that bit where um, the guards and everyone, you know, confront the doctor and stuff and the war chief and the doctor see each other and you can see in their face, it's like, it's you. Yeah. I recognize you. And I then, know you. Yeah. So then you're like, yes, he's a time lord as well. And then that's another thing that you haven't seen in Doctor Who before. We haven't seen any other Time Lords, you know, doing their thing. You know, it's it's just a really cool little addition. And then later on, obviously, the 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 War Chief is like, "You've changed your appearance, but I know it's you." Yeah. Sort of thing. And then we have this whole thing like, "Yes, they're definitely another great scene, another yeah. good scene." Yeah. He's presumably been helping them build all these um, TARDISes as well, hasn't he? Because yes, they've got. Yeah. Uh, do you know the bit I love as well, and I'd forgotten about until I rewatched this? Is that they've the 
He's got the technology, but he hasn't quite got it right because all the TARDISes have got like a shelf life, haven't they? That's right. Yeah, yeah, so they they work, but only for so long. And I thought that's a nice little idea as well. Yeah. Yeah, so they they use the proper TARDIS sound effect for when Mm. they materialise and and dematerialise as well. And they're a nice design as well. They're just these big cubes, aren't they? Very simple, yeah. And like a bit sort of protrudes out and then you walk in. So very, very cool um, production design on this as well. Um, right. I'm not, I'm really not sure where to go with this on a view because there's so much to talk. I'm not really sure we're going to get all of this in, but there's so much to talk about, but let's talk about some of the, the stuff that happens on this planet, which they think is earth. Mm. So we have these different time zones, don't we? And the one that we spend most time in is the 1917 yes. time zone, which is like, um, the very early British soldiers. And there's a guy um, who's brainwashing all the soldiers, isn't he? They're, you know, they're going round in like this giant loop, aren't they? Where they're fighting the German soldiers, um, and he's wiping their memory and he's brainwashing them into just, you know, continually going through the motions of war. Yeah. Um, but they start to get their memories back a little bit. So one of the characters that we get introduced to quite early on is the female um, uh, medic soldier. Yeah. Yeah, the ambulance driver. Yeah, what's her name? Her name was Lady Jennifer. Lady Jennifer, yes. And um, oh, Lady Jennifer Buckingham. Sorry, Buckingham, to give her a yes. full title. Yeah, it's very posh, isn't it? Mm. And so she captures the Doctor, sort of. You know, she agrees to take him somewhere, and then they get captured by the Germans, and they recapture, then they capture the Germans, and we end up on the base, and then, uh, I think it's is it. General Smythe. Smythe is, yeah, I love Smythe. Smythe, yeah. He's Puts the, the glasses on. Yeah, so he's the guy that's running the show um, in the in this particular war zone. Yeah. And his character was quite good, actually. He was very... I liked him, yeah. I love the fact he just, whenever he needs to sort of... He's a bit like the master with his hypnotism, isn't he? He puts yeah. his glasses on and he's like, no, you will believe everything I say. And it's like, oh, I thought he was quite good. It's a bit like... Look in the eyes, look in the eyes, not around the eyes, in the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and he do his thing. It's it's a bit like that. It happens quite a lot, doesn't it? And it's, mm-hmm. you know, so he brainwashes people when they start to, you know, like latch onto something like that isn't quite right. You know, why are we doing this? Because he just wants to eradicate the doctor and, uh, and Jamie and Zoe, doesn't he? Because when they bring him, when they bring them to the base, he just doesn't want anything to go wrong. So he's like, right, we're going to put you on court martial. We're going to be trialed. And then he brainwashes them all to like have the doctor executed. That scene sort of um, is uninter- it's, it's quite amusing because of the way they do it, but it's also really harsh, isn't it? It's a really well-written and well-acted little scene, that, because Troughton manages to bring in humour, even though he's actually being sentenced to death. Yeah, like, true. Yeah, because yep. he sort of asks their opinion, doesn't he, Smythe? He's like, what do you think? And then actually, before they can answer, he tells them Yeah, he what puts the glasses think. on and he's like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny, but yeah. It shouldn't be because they're about to be executed. <laughs> yeah. So that time, that time zone is where most of the stuff happens. Yeah. Under um, General Smythe, um, but then a couple of other people they sort of get their memory back. Lady Jennifer, um, who's the other guy? Lieutenant, Lieutenant, someone or oh, I'm not Carstairs, sure. Lieutenant yeah, Carstairs, Carstairs, yeah. yeah. Um, they sort of rebel, don't they? They get their memories back. They start to know what's going on, and then they they rebel. That's quite good because little things trigger it, don't they? Again, that's a great bit of writing. Just every now and again, something will trigger the 
them to realize that what they're doing is not right because they can't yeah, yeah they're just kind of brainwashed aren't they yeah. yeah and then we have these other time zones as well that we see briefly throughout the story so we have the um we have the, the old wild we have the really old civil war the u.s civil war uh period don't we where we have the the north and the south um american civil war soldiers yeah and it's within that time zone that we find out about the resistance so there's been some other people like lady jennifer and casters where they've got their memory back and you know the brainwashing doesn't work on them anymore so they've sort of put together a little band of resistance fighters who are you know trying to come up with a plan to uh to to defeat what's going on they know about what happens as well when you get too far to the edge of the time zone you, you know there's this mist that descends and then you disappear and then you end up in another one. So they know what's going on, don't they? They can see, you know, what, what's happened and everything. Well, that's the bit I loved as well, because I think perhaps the first time you're watching it, you're assuming when they go into that mist, you think they're going through time. Well, they are going through time, but they're all kind of all linked, aren't they? They're linked up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's like a sort of gateway to another time. Yeah. Um, all on one planet. It's a brilliant idea. Yeah. And then we have... Um, uh, sorry, within the 1917 time zone where the British soldiers, there's also obviously the German camp as well in that same time zone where the doctor mm. and the, the companions end up ultimately. And um, they get quizzed by um, this guy with... Oh, the guy with the monocule and the scar? A somewhat. No, the guy with the beard. I think he's a lieutenant. The guy with the monocle, he's... Um, He's like the equivalent of General Smythe, but then there's another guy beneath him that does a lot of interrogation. You know when the doctor gets his sonic screwdriver out? Oh, yeah. And shows yeah. him the screw coming out of the gun. So there's that guy who's got a somewhat German accent who's uh, interrogating him. So all this... So it's... The, the thing that's quite good about this story is that there's a lot of familiarity... Yeah. Blah, blah. There's a lot of familiar... Blah, blah, blah. Familiarity. Familiar, familiar, familiarity. No. Mm -hmm. Familiar. Familiar. There's a lot of familiarity. Oh, my God. <laughs> there's a lot of familiarity. I can't say it either. <laughs> the thing that I like about this story is that there's a lot of familiarity. Yeah. Familiarity, yeah. Um, so we, from each zone. So, um, and, you, and, and that's what almost guides you through the story because you're like, ah, oh, this is all happening to these people as well, but they don't know it. They don't know that, like, you know, 10 miles away down the road, you know, you go through this sort of time gate, you end up in another time zone and exactly the same thing is happening over there. So this is there's this familiar sort of story arc that sort of goes on, which all happens on this planet. And then up in this, um, it must be a space station near somewhere. Cause, or is it because they say about them, you know, I'm just thinking that because they talk about it all uh, when they draw the, the lines, the zones, and then they say something about it being in the middle, don't they? But I'm not sure now. Oh, you could be right then. Yeah. It, but then again, they use the TARDIS to get there, don't they? So maybe they're in the middle on one planet. I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, wherever this base is, whatever. Um, and I guess that's the premise for the story. Once, once you, once you know about these time zones and this group of soldiers in each time zone, you then have this sort of cat and mouse thing going on, which is where the padding really comes in. Hmm. I guess over the ten episodes, where the doctor, the doctor and the companions get captured then they escape, then they get captured. Then they escape and get captured by a different time zone. Mm. And then they escape, and then they get captured again, 
and then they escape. You know, so we have this sort of to in and throw in throughout probably between episodes two and seven. Yeah. I would say you have a lot of that where you think, right, especially when the doctor's going to get executed, you're like, wow, his time's up. Mm. But then they escape and then, you know, end up getting captured. So there's a lot of to in and throw in. And I think for me, that was it as well, where I felt mainly they could have chopped out a couple of episodes there. Yeah, definitely, you. definitely could have. I mean, there's no doubt about it. As I said, it's um, thankfully the padding that is in there is still really watchable. It, I didn't find myself thinking, oh, come on, you know, how much longer is left of this episode? That's one thing I will say about it, even though it's clear that they are playing for time, um, clearly filling out the episode a bit. Um, didn't yeah. you just love it that the Doctor uses his sonic screwdriver to undo a screw <laughs> and the guy's absolutely <laughs> amazed by it isn't he it's like he's never yeah. seen anything like it i was thinking can you imagine them doing that today kids of today would be like so what yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't be as impressed as that soldier would he's under he's undoing a screw yeah wow. mate he's like oh wow that's amazing yeah it's like, like you should sorcery? see what it does in <laughs> you should see what it does in 2015 <laughs> and it's a good effect actually as well the way they do it is obviously mm. it's someone from underneath the table yeah. you know, with an electric screwdriver making it go the other way. But it's a really good effect. It's very good. Um, yeah, so the good thing, like you say, it's it's good padding because the conversations that happens between the Doctor and certain people and um, and the locations that they go to, they're out in a field, then they're back in the barracks, then they're out, mm. you know, uh, in the back of an army van driving along these cool sort of country roads. Then they're in a big mansion house somewhere where General Smythe is. So it's a lot of back and forth, but it's good. And Sorry, go on. No, yeah, you just made me think. I think maybe that is why it works so well, actually, because even though it's padding, I think it's it's on-the-go padding, isn't it? You're right. We're always They're always moving around yeah, and going yeah. somewhere and doing something. So even though, yeah, it's not just all contained in one place, actually, which is probably why... It's uh, it works as well as it does actually. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that much before, but yeah, that'll be why. Yeah, and then we get um, interjected into that stuff is we get the whole war chief and warlord and you know those guys, everything that's happening there. That sort of get in, that gets um, injected into the story as we're going through this process as well. So not only do you have the doctor going back and forth, back and forth, captured, escaping moving to different parts you've also got this other storyline where you're not quite sure what's going on there there's like some internal politics between the war chief and the security chief and who's the warlord we don't see him for a few episodes you know what's going no. on no he doesn't come into it till till well, is it midway through or maybe even episode i think it's six, five five I think yeah, it's episode five yeah or six yeah. maybe yeah. um so a lot of stuff is spoon-fed you know little bits as you go along mm. which is you know, it's a combination of all those things that make the, the 10 episodes worth the watch. Because I think when when you say to someone about watching this that hasn't seen it, they might think, 10 episodes, what? Oh, no, I don't know about that. Yeah. It's it's definitely going to put a few people off watching it. But I think if you love Doctor Who, if you love Classic Doctor Who, I think you'd, you'd be surprised how well this, this flows along. Because 10 episodes does sound long. It sounds like... You know, you've got to you've got to have a bit of time in your hands, but yeah, I think if you haven't seen it, hmm. um, don't be put off because it really does flow along nicely. May obviously probably it is worth breaking it up a little bit, um, but I think a lot of people would be like us. They'd probably think, oh, "I'll watch the first couple," and end up 
watching you know the whole first disc because you do sort of want to know what happens next um i think in this i i it feels epic as well uh well the start does anyway really the first few episodes feel really epic to me um i love all the location stuff at the beginning and all the you know all the uh war scenes and the explosions and it really feels uh, there's something about i love seeing the second doctor on real locations just seeing the the tardis land and quite Mm. an unusual choice to see it land we see the reflection land in a puddle that's right and i was thinking that's a that's a nice idea Mm -hmm. like just something different rather than just having it plonk down or in a rainbow like we see <laughs> in <laughs> in like, but i thought that was a lovely little just i you know simple idea to do something different yeah it's um, great but yeah. yeah don't be put off by location. yeah don't be put off by the 10 episodes no yeah don't let that don't think oh my oh, crikey there's no way i can sit through that and honestly it's um every episode has got something in there that is that is that's a big contribution to the overall story um yes you know there is an argument to say that it, this could comfortably be a, a, a good six-parter. Well, it could, There yeah. is an argument to say that, absolutely. And I think if it was a six-parter, it would probably be better off for it, I would yeah. say. It However, would. you know, just because it's 10, don't think, you know, I haven't got the time. Because you know, once you start watching it, <laughs> you'll be like, you know, four episodes in, you'll be like, wow, where's the time gone? I, I know when we announced no we pun were doing intended. It. <laughs> oh yeah i guess i know when we announced this last week one of our listeners sammy satine um sort of posted on our facebook didn't she saying oh god crikey 10 episodes not yeah. sure about this but i'll give it a go um so i'll be really interested to see what she made of it because obviously i get i take it from her comment she hadn't watched it before and she was clearly daunted by the fact it was 10 episodes and i think a lot of people would be if they haven't seen it before. So it'd be mm-hmm. interesting when we get to the comments later. Yeah. yeah hope, hopefully she enjoyed it, but we'll see. Yeah. And the way to look at it is like your own little mini series for the, mm-hmm. for the second doctor. It's like, um, like things that we've seen like in the past, uh, over the years. So things like trial of a time Lord, um, the key to time, you know, those things that are like their own little contained stories, mm. their own little series. This is like that. It's like your own little trout and series, if you like. Um, so especially if you're a fan of the second doctor, I imagine you've seen it already, but if you haven't, it's definitely worth, um, sitting through the 10 episodes. Um, so yeah, I mean, story wise, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, in terms of story the the, the doctor's essentially trying to, um, stop the war chief and the warlord from, um, using all these soldiers, you know, brainwashing them and so on. And at the same time, we have these other um, people like the security chief and the chief scientist. These guys are developing the technology, you know, this sort of Time Lord technology to sort of, you know, build these TARDISes and, you know, help to erase people's minds and all that stuff is all going on. And ultimately, the Doctor and uh, Jamie and Zoe, they, um, they managed to stop all that and... You know, the doctor just finds a bit of a an unhappy end, really. Yeah, He's very I, I, not happy. I mean, we'll come on to that scene, you know, a bit later. But mm. yeah, that's essentially the story. You know, there's a lot of cat and mouse, a lot of caption and escaping and action stuff going on, and then sort of the last act is really uh, the doctor really sort of putting the nail in the coffin and stopping the whole thing with the help of the Time Lords. But then he comes to a bit of an end that he's not he's not extremely happy about. 
I, I like that because it builds up, doesn't it? You just it gets to the point where the doctor's got no choice but to to call the time lords in. Basically, he yes. says, "I can't, yeah. I can't really put all this right." Um, you know, as great as I am, sort of thing. I can't. <laughs> you know, I'd love to be able to solve it like I normally do, but this one's too big for me. So I'm going to have to call in the big guns, uh, even though it means, you know, I'm going to get a slapped wrist. Basically, that's yeah. it, isn't it? Mm. It's like a kid at school that knows he's going to get detention for telling a teacher something, but it's for the good. He's got to do it. something yeah. else. He's got a grass on someone. He knows he's going to get in trouble because he's involved a little bit as well, mm. but it's for the and, greater good. Yeah, and you yeah. kind of feel he knew that at some point this would happen. You sort of, he, he almost, the way Trout plays it, you sort of think he's, he's had a good run. He's had a good run of it. He's done, he's had some fun, but he yeah. knew at some point he would have to go back and, and face them. And, and this, you know, this time has come. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Mm. Let's talk about some cast members because we're going to run out of time. <laughs> yeah, we where could, do we start? I was going to say, we could probably talk about this for, a, you know... Ten episodes. Ten episodes <laughs> of the podcast, we really could. But um, some cast members who stood out. So General Smythe, he was like the ruthless army general. Um, I liked him. He was good, wasn't he? He had the... Mm. I'm pretty sure he showed up in an episode of Red Dwarf years later. Really? Yeah, oh, I'm right, sure he okay. played like the old cat uh, king or cat whatever. But I've, I recognised um, the the massive sideburns that I think he still had <laughs> years later. But, um, you know, right on point, his character. Very, you, you immediately bought into this ruthless, cold-hearted, um, uh, sort of unforgiving general. And what was good was that you... Um, you were immediately like, what's, what's he up to? Because he's yeah. very secretive, wasn't he? he? He like absolutely went mad at people when they um, barged in without knocking because he had like the, the secret the, screen behind the painting. And Yeah, I love that. The know, that's, yeah. yeah, so um, like we said earlier, this, this story throughout every episode up until like the final two, it sort of drip fed you like these little nuggets of, of story that you think, what's going on here? You know, what's, what's he about? Um, yeah, so this guy, um, Noel, Noel Coleman, uh, absolutely nailed this part. He's got the look as well, hasn't he? He's got that sort of slightly shifty yeah. look about him. Yeah, I thought he was very good casting. I liked, liked the way he played it a lot. Didn't, didn't go over the top. No, that's know? the thing. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. One thing I will say about this story is that although there's a lot of shouting the only person really that sort of borderlines on a little bit theatre oh. <laughs> is the war chief. Yes, I thought you were going to say someone else, actually. Who? Yes, you are right about the war chief. I was doing, people couldn't see it, but I was doing the, uh, I thought you were going to say the Mexican. Oh, the Mexican At with the, the end, pistols. I did yeah, think yeah. you, I bet, I bet you were laughing when he was, see, he does... He really gets into his part, that guy. He, he, <laughs> he does. does go over yeah. the top. But um, but no, you're right. In terms of main cast. Yeah, yeah. the war chief, who turns out to be um, uh, a Gallifreyan uh, time lord. Uh, he's extremely shouty. He's a bit hammy. He's Mr. Meeker from, from Rent-A-Ghost. Do you remember right. Rent-A-Ghost? Yep. I used to love that. Because I kept yeah. thinking all the way through, that's Mr. Meeker, that is. Yeah, yeah. He'll have a sausage under his nose in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> he was very good though he was uh, what a lot of the characters they never ever broke character in this mm. I, I mean it's, it, there's not much in a way of light-hearted story in this one i think you'll agree it's very yeah. um it's very 
uh, tense. Yeah. There's a lot of tension between a lot of the supporting cast, especially between the warlord, uh, so the war chief and the other security and scientist guys. A lot of tension. So there's a lot of yelling at each other, even though they're standing just two feet away. You know, they're absolutely bellowing in each other's face. That real old school British accent as well. You know, the old school broadcaster sort of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So the war chief, um, another great character, was a little bit theatre. A little I bit found. hammy, but yeah. and he looks a bit sort of Flash Gordon villain with his big hair and beard and stuff. But um, but he's yeah, he's somehow <laughs> quite. Uh, I was going to say likable. He's not likable in his in his character, but uh, yeah, he. He is fun to watch, let's put it that way. That's a good point, actually. It is a bit yeah. Flash Gordon, isn't it? He just it, yeah, he does remind yeah. me a bit of a Flash Gordon villain. Like Ming yeah. the Merce. Ming the yeah, Ming. Merce. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so he was very good. Um, uh, some of the people that get introduced to early on, uh, quite a good Lady Jennifer, mm-hmm. uh, Lieutenant Casters, yeah. Lieutenant Casters, they were quite good because they end up um, uh, staying on for pretty much the entire story. Uh, along with the doctor, don't they? They, yeah, you know, they go through a similar thing that the, that they go through, where they get captured and brainwashed, and then escape, and then they get captured again. So they go through a similar thing that the doctor and uh, and the companions have to go through, and they they help the doctor out quite a lot. I mean, there's a couple of scenes where they get brainwashed, and you know, they they agree to have him executed, and there's another bit where they try and shoot him. But you know, other than that, they um they do help him quite a lot and i think if it wasn't especially for lieutenant casters i think if it wasn't for him they probably wouldn't have made it to the end yeah true you know because he he helps them escape he shoots a load of people that are trying to shoot at them um he has a couple of good fisticuff fights Hmm. you know all in the name of trying to sort out what's going on you know they completely trust the doctor at this point yeah um so he was really good actually i really liked he didn't really play up too much it wasn't much in a way of um you know, serious acting chops, I would say. He just plays it as the script was written. Um, yeah. But he was good, though. Casters was very good. And Lady Jennifer, she was quite she was quite good. She was a little bit damsel in distressy at times, but mm. she was good. Yeah, both good. Both yeah. good. Um, right, let's talk let's back about the War Chief, the Warlord. The Warlord, Philip Maddock. Philip Maddock, who's no stranger to Classic no. Who at all. No. I always um, forget he was in. Uh, is, is it the Crotons? So what's it? Because there's one that I always forget he's in. Because I always think of him as uh, obviously in the brain of Morbius, as Solon. Solon, you know. Yeah. I always think of that. But he did. Uh, he did a few. <laughs> he's done a few, didn't he? What other ones did he do? So because there is one, he did the Power of Crow, which I think I'm not. It was the Crotons, of. wasn't it? It was the Crotons. Yeah, yeah. Crotons, War Games, Morbius, and Power of Crow, and, and also he's in the Peter Cushion movie. Do you remember him in that? Oh. Where, He's a he's the one who gets blown to pieces oh, in, no, in no. the shed by the Daleks. Yeah, he betrays <laughs> him, doesn't he? Um, he's a very nasty piece of work in that. Uh, yeah. But I, I think Philip Maddock is such a good actor. I really like him. Um, I think he does really well to be menacing, considering he's got those big goggle glasses on that make his <laughs> eyes look massive. Yeah. Uh, he's a great actor. He's superb. Yeah. He's really, really chilling. Um, especially in the trial scene at the end where he really just doesn't give a you know what does he he's just stood yeah. there as cool as a cucumber he's like you can't touch me you know he's mm-hmm. superb I really like him if anything he was a little bit underused actually if anything in this because uh, I, I think he's great yeah he was brilliant in this and he he played it in a way that I'm I'm really happy that he played it this way because he's that was an opportunity for, for that character to easily be 
like um, a real cheesy villain. Yeah, exactly. You know, but the way that he played it was like the complete other end of the spectrum where just cool, yeah, cool collective, uh, collected the whole time. Mm. And um, yeah, I think he only raised his voice a couple of times. I was going to say, he's one of those villains that does that that thing of uh, he doesn't need to shout yeah. to be to be evil. He's just simmers. Yeah. Um, yeah. He had a, a sort of quiet authority. Mm. Where he didn't need, I think he did raise his voice a couple of times, yeah. but as only that was only to sort of um, quiet down the the squabbling kids, if you like, the war chief and the security chief, you know, just to sort of stop them from bellowing at each other. Yeah. Um, but he was very good in this, like very even this even the scenes where you expected him to blow up, where you expected him to lose it completely, just completely calm, and just used his authority just to. You know, and he was very much like that as well. He's he he sort of considered himself untouchable. Mm. You know, a bit of a um an immortal um, sort of character. But yeah, very well, very well played by Philip Maddock. He, he gets it in the end, though, doesn't he? The old Time Lords they they erase him. <laughs> they do with those. Yeah, um, that's the only point he he ever sort of shows, and he's like, he can't believe it, and he's like, what? Yeah, that's the only point where he loses it. Yeah. yeah, even right up to the split second before they start shooting him yeah. with those like sonic weapons, I guess, because he's like being deafened or or blinded, whatever. Um, even up to that point, he's just standing there, like, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then that moment when they are shooting him, he's like, just that five seconds of complete vulnerability, mm-hmm. uh, completely vulnerable to. Um, you know everything around him. You know he's like screeching at the top of his lungs. He's like, oh my god! And then when they stopped, he's just back up, adjusts his glasses, yeah, and then he's back into it. So, yeah, he he was like a highlight for me. But I I wish he was in it more. Like you say, he was a bit underused and mm-hmm. very very good. Yeah. What about the security chief? Played security. by James Bree. He was the the short guy with the glasses who put the um the big helmet thing on to read people's oh, minds, and he, he spoke very strange, like he was an android at yeah. times. He didn't work as well for me. He's okay, but yeah, I found that a little bit too. I think he yeah he he should have perhaps toned it down a little bit, like Philip Maddock, rather than being this very strange talking person. It mm-hmm. all seemed a little bit forced. I wasn't. He's okay. He's by no means bad, but I wasn't um, in. Yeah, I wasn't over enthralled by his performance. I have to say, yeah, he's okay. I mean, he stands out. I suppose. I suppose he had to be different, otherwise he'd just be like the other guys. So yeah, I suppose in that sense, giving him, he's probably directed to talk like that. I assume. Um, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. He didn't. He didn't have any menace particularly to me. Uh, that one. Yeah, he was. Um... Yeah, he was. Um, he's been in like so many TV programs. It's Has he? like the list oh. is unbelievable. Really, like the original Avengers, Zed Cars, The Prisoner. Is um, he in The Prisoner? I didn't recognise him. Yeah, Upstairs, Downstairs, um, uh, Rising Damp, The Sweeney, All Creatures Great and Small, The Professionals, The Return of Shot. He's been in like m- loads. Loads of stuff over the years. Obviously, I think he he, he died um, back in two thousand and eight. But right up until like the late nineties, he was still, you know, doing films and TV. He's been loads mm. of things. What's his name? 
Uh, James Bree. Security chief James Bree. All right. Yeah. yeah. Just as normally, you know, you see a face, you think, oh, I know him, but I don't know the name. But Do you know what I thought? Didn't really yeah. sort of, yeah, I didn't really, because I love the prisoner as well, but I didn't sort of think, oh, it's him. Mm. Yeah. Randall Hopkins. Yeah, I'm just looking at his CV now. The Sweeney as well. Love the Sweeney. Sweeney. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, so he's like, you know, he's very good acting skills. He was just a little bit, um, what's the word? It's just the voice, I think. Just it's a little voice, bit yeah. put on, isn't it? It's a bit. Yeah. It's the sort of thing you sort of maybe did at school when you were, you know, playing Doctor Who in the playground. You do silly voices because it's science fiction. That's right. Yeah. No, it's a little, it just made me think of that, really. But again, what, what it's about, not terrible. Uh, what about the chief scientist? You know, the guy that. Um, I liked him. Yeah. Yes, we need to. Um, yes, move these circuits <laughs> around. And yes. Oh, oh hello. How did oh. how, how did you do that? No, I, I liked him. I thought his. Um, the geek. I thought his, He's a geek and he's got his little glasses with the little holes in. And um, no, I really liked his performance because he, he did sort of underplay it and didn't go over the top. And I could sort of totally believe he was this sort of um, nerd who just did all the, <laughs> did all the hard work, kind of kept his head down, <laughs> didn't really question anything. Yeah, I liked him. What was, the, what was that guy's name, the actor? Uh, Vernon Dobjeff. Right. Dobjeff, I think you pronounce it. Yeah, no, I liked him. I thought he was a nice character. Yeah. He, he was like, uh, he was the, he was like the original geek, mm. the original like, uh, like nerd character, <laughs> yeah. wasn't he? Like, you know, like the Big Bang Theory and all these people, you know, forget that. You know, this was like the original geek. Go, you know, go back and check this out. It's awesome. Yeah, no, I liked him. I really liked his performance, especially the scenes with Troughton that you just mentioned when Troughton just pops up beside him and starts chatting to him and it takes him a few seconds to be like, hang on a minute, what? who are you? <laughs> Let's be yeah. honest, though. It can't be that difficult to join metal circuits together, which are essentially fridge mag magnets. They are very... I'd like some of them on my fridge, actually. They it can't are very, be that difficult, can it? Somebody out there is missing a trick not releasing those. <laughs> the fridge magnets. Yeah, the War Games fridge magnets. Yeah. The um, the the circuits that you join up together in a certain pattern, you know, magically now you've got a brainwashing machine, yeah. Or you put them in a different pattern, and magically you've got a TARDIS that can travel through time and space. <laughs> um, but yes, he was very good, very good character. Yes, mm, liked him. Right. Some of the other people, loads of soldiers. There was the um, in the South in the Civil War. Um, time zone, the American Civil War. There was the guy who was, I think his name, he ended up having a lengthy role in EastEnders. Patrick, I think his name was in EastEnders, the black guy. Oh, I met, yes, him, yeah. Yep, yeah, he was, um, he was very good in this. Yes. He, uh, he has a really good fight as well. I was going to say, he actually does, yeah, because sometimes, you know, 60s fight scenes are not the best. Um, they're not, they're not great at this uh, sometimes, but yeah, he does give a, does give it a bit of welly. He does, and he has a couple mm. of rows with people, and he's quite mm. passionate about, you know, finding this imaginary tunnel that all the all the uh, soldiers are coming in from. Yeah. Um, so he was very good. He was that that time zone was interesting, wasn't it? Because we had uh, the, the the guy with the monocle. Oh yeah. Turns up. That's what uh, I was trying to think of earlier. Yeah, I think his name was. Um, yeah, Von we? Welch, is von, it? Von, von, it's got to be him, hasn't it? Von Veitch, von Welch. Oh, yeah, it would be a V, wouldn't, wouldn't it? Yeah. Von Veitch. Yeah. yeah, 
he was um he was a little bit played he's a little bit cliche wasn't well. he yeah yeah he's all right though yeah he's all right yeah but he's he's managed to sort of get that um hypnotizing thing down to a fine art though because he doesn't need glasses he's just got it all all going on in one monocle in the monocle yeah he's, yeah he was a bit of a um for, for me he was a bit of a, a cheesy james bond villain yeah he's got the scar on the face and everything yeah, yeah a little bit yeah 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 um, but otherwise though not too bad there was no there wasn't anyone in this really that was that was bad Oh no! Don't get me wrong. There you is know. no. There really. Well, the Mexicans a bit. <laughs> <laughs> What's his re- name? What's his? Uh... He really goes for it. That guy. Yeah. I got a shoddy eyes. He's doing everything. He's going mad. Um, he's really like grabbing his five minutes of fame. Yeah. Uh, by the horns, that guy. Yeah. Um, but no, there is nobody in it that's bad. Um, he's I was not, just thinking, yeah. isn't, isn't the guy who's with uh, old von Vouch? Von Vouch. Isn't that? It's a. Uh, is that the one with David Troughton? Because he's in it, isn't he? He's David Troughton's in it, yeah. Yeah, is 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 it the scenes with him? I've forgotten now. Cause Maybe, yeah. Because I was looking out for David Troughton because I knew he was in it. Um, yeah, and he looks incredibly different. He does. He's obviously yeah. a young, much younger man in this. Um, yeah. yeah, he looks very very different. Yeah, and uh, then we have a sprinkling of other characters. We have um, the other soldiers who have little parts. Uh, we have um, the red coat guy who. Jamie has a, coat, yeah. has a scuffle with, which is quite good. Um, we have the, uh, the the guards who wear like the black rubber latex. <laughs> they're a bit... Mm. <laughs> and the masks, yeah, they're a bit... Yeah. Um, they, they look like something that inspired Madonna's erotica video many <laughs> years later. <laughs> well, yeah, they look a bit hot. So yeah. under those studio <laughs> lights I can, um, when you say hot yeah you mean in the like we are now oh of course yeah I don't, don't mean, mean like <laughs> <laughs> not in like a pans people type way no 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 um, yeah I mean they were I don't know they look a bit uh, uncomfortable who's, who's the guy from Caves of Androzani is it uh, Sharon Jack yeah Jack I said that wrong but yeah, yeah Jack you know I think a bit of inspiration from those guys with his look. Um, yeah, so they were pretty good. Um, and then we have, um, obviously, the Time Lords who arrive at the end. Yeah. Those three uh, very serious-looking chaps. They're good, aren't they? Mm. Um, I lo- another another great actor, actually, that's popped up in Doctor Who a couple of times. Um, Bernard, what's his name? Uh, he's, he's in The Mind Robber. Um, oh, um, Bernard Horsfall. But but yeah, Bernard Horsfall. I yep. really like him. Very, uh, very he, good. Oh, he's in the Deadly Assassin as well, isn't he? Um, yeah, just something again. He always gives like a very steady performance. So perfect casting as a as a Time Lord. I thought. Really um, good. Yep. Talking of the Mind Robber, did you notice a lot of the sound effects and special effects are are the same as the Mind Robber? Like you know the sound effect and um, and the gun effect with the circles and you know it's almost like stock special effects in this almost yeah they were very similar yeah Mm. Yeah. but yeah Bernard Horse Horse Law Horseful Horseful yeah great actor yeah and Trevor Martin isn't it the other guy I think so Trevor Martin I never realised he was he was the other Time Lord to now because he went on to do a Doctor Who play uh, at one point that's Uh, right yeah yeah, so yeah, they're good. The Time Lords. I don't know who the third one was. Sorry, I only recognised the two of them. But yeah. but they are they are all good. They all give a very stern, calm, solid performance. I thought. Yeah, and they were, the direction was very good. I thought for those. 
again, another opportunity for them to be a bit um, OTT, but they ended up playing it very serious and very straight and um, just buckets of authority. You know, it's like you don't mess with these, you know, because the, the doctor's very fearful almost of, of calling them for help, isn't he? Oh, yeah. You know, he's he's not looking forward to their arrival at all. And then the war chief, he just does his crust. You know, as soon <laughs> as the doctor summoned them with the little box trick, you know, he knows his game's up. That's right. That's funny, isn't it? He gets it big <laughs> yep. time, yeah. Uh, so the Time Lords, yep, very, very good. Um, very authoritative, not phased at all by the doctor's pleas or, you know, attempts to escape or shenanigans, none of that. They're just, you know, they're going to deal with him. Uh, which is quite you. You do feel a bit for, for the doctor uh, towards the end. You do feel because he he does put his case across quite well, doesn't he? He's like mm. he basically says, while you lot were you know content to sit there and observe the universe, I've been you know defeating the evil that you know around the you know people have been saved due to me, and I've saved you know lots of of worlds and stuff. And they do take it on board, don't they? They're like you mm. know we do acknowledge that there is evil in the universe and you play a part in that not yeah. not that you're evil but you play a part in you know sorting out the trouble effectively yeah it's good isn't it it's a nice way of showing um some sort of highlights of pat's era for his last story as well they it sort of almost ties in doesn't it they show the yeti on the screen yeah. and the uh, cyberman um the quark the quark yeah <laughs> the quark yeah. um so it's quite a nice way of just sort of having a reflection on pat's time but yeah. also including it in the story in a really good way i thought yeah because yeah. the doctor's uh he's like got a mental projection on the screen hasn't he and yeah he shows them some of the yeah like you say highlight some of the monsters he's mm. defeated so the time lords they really you know they they're firm but fair yes i think is a, a way to describe them and they have they're acted acted pretty well i would say very different from the Time Lords we get in the new series. Oh, extremely say. different, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I I prefer these ones, to be honest with you, even though they're stuffy old, you know. But like you said, they're, they're fair as well. So, yeah. I yeah. Yeah. Right, if there's no other supporting cast members, let's talk about our TARDIS team. Mm. Uh, Zoe. Zoe, she's good in this. I really liked um, Wendy Pabry in this one. She, uh, yeah, she's very concerned a lot. <laughs> yes she's playing it quite straight isn't she yeah yeah as a in terms of companions and you know serving a purpose she doesn't really have any key she doesn't have a key role in in the story i wouldn't say she's no the only true. thing that she does really is break the doctor out of his cell in episode three yeah but then that's short-lived because he's captured again within moments <laughs> um but other than that She's very, she's just a, she's more like a good friend. She's more like a mate that you want along with the, you know, along with you on the adventure. You know, mm. she's there to sort of, um, to cheer you up and prop you up and uh, give you advice kind of thing. She's not really there as a, as anything. She doesn't have anything to do. No, I really. suppose the best, yeah. the best scenes of her are in the last couple of episodes, aren't they? When she's sort of sparring off Pat. And she kind of gets what's going on, whereas Jamie is still a little bit, uh, he hasn't really grasped it, <laughs> whereas she's kind of on the doctor's level yeah. a bit more. And I thought she she played that quite well. You're yeah. right, she doesn't get a lot to do, considering it's 10 episodes, but but I do like her in this. I think she gives quite a nice little performance, yeah. Yeah, and again, the character's weighted extremely well throughout the story. She's not mm -hmm. in it too much. She's not in it 
she's not in, you know you don't feel like she's not in it enough yeah it, like, like a lot of the characters throughout the story they're weighted very well you, you know you, apart from a couple you do feel like they're in it like the right amount um and she sort of falls into that really and then we've got um uh jamie jamie zoe yeah jamie yeah jamie um love jamie <laughs> he's such he's a, a good lad isn't he yeah, he's, he's such a, a good companion and and that's exactly that's one of the words when you think of companions over the years and even in modern who sometimes that word can be associated very loosely with certain companions quote unquote but jamie is a proper companion you know he's always there backing the doctor up you know always just willing to get into a good old fight yes either always- yeah either with the doctor or for the doctor or for whatever cause they're fighting for in that particular story. Um, he never shies away from, um, you know, making his voice heard. You know, he's a proper, he's he's like the guy that, he's a bit like Mickey. Mm. He's the guy that you want at your side when stuff's going down. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. You know? Um, and he's just great. He's just outspoken. He's got that typical Scotsman, you know, outspokenness, not taking any crap that we've seen, you know, a few times leading up to this one. And and it's just, you know, what do you actually, yeah, can, you know, in terms of their performances in this, it's actually, you know, we say goodbye, don't we? We do. We, we, uh, we actually say goodbye to them. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Um, yeah, no, I just want to say, yeah, I think Fraser's lovely, great companion. Um, it does go to show that you can have a, a male companion with the Doctor and it can work incredibly well. Absolutely. Because yeah. Fraser and Pat spar off each other brilliantly and the three of them together, so Zoe, Jamie and the Doctor, are a fantastic tar- TARDIS team. Yeah. So it is really heartbreaking at the end when they get packed off um, and the Time Lords erase all their adventures apart from the very first one with the Doctor. So yeah. they get to remember their first adventures with the Doctor but that's it. Everything else is erased, um, which is, is it reminds me a bit of the Donna thing when Donna got her mind yeah. wiped. It's heartbreaking because you think, no, all the good stuff they did, all the mm-hmm. all the fun, all the adventures, you can't take that away from them. Um, and especially because there is such a an amazing bond between the three of them. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I think it's one of the saddest but beautifully written send-offs for a companion it's brilliant and i love the fact they went to the effort of of slotting them back into their first adventure so we get the set from the wheel in space although it's it's different but it's similar enough to, to you, work. you know it's there you know it's yeah, there you, yeah. they brought back an actress just for that from that story for that one little scene you know it's, it's a lovely bit of effort they've gone to just that they probably didn't need to do, but it really helps to yeah. to sell the story that they're back where they started. Uh, and Jamie gets thrown in with a, is it with a red with coat? With a red coat, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he gets thrown in with a red coat. Um, so ready, it's, ready to have a good old scrap. Yeah, yep. Exactly. So they get put back in their their own lives. And it's, uh, yeah, I just, it's, it's heartbreaking and, and brilliant at the same time. Yeah, it's really well written as well because we don't have this huge build-up to their departure we don't have like one or two episodes where you know you know that they're gonna go Mm. so you have this real big emotional build-up it's just it's almost out of nowhere yeah you know it's um because the time lords it's it's their decision isn't it they basically say they've got to go (laughs) yeah and they'll erase their memories 
And again, that little tiny, little, tiny little bit of compassion from the Time Lords, that firm but fair thing where they say, you know, we won't make them forget you altogether. You know, they'll just forget. They'll just remember the first meeting with you. Yeah. And then after that, it's like you were never there. So it is heartbreaking. It's very sad. But it was well written. It wasn't like a huge, you know, national event you know, <laughs> that was built upon, you know, for, for a long time. Um, so, yeah, like you say, really good TARDIS team, these three. Oh, they are. It's a great TARDIS team. And it yeah. does go to prove that you can have a good male companion. You can have a good because although Adric was, uh, was a bit annoying <laughs> um, and Turlo, Turlo was pretty good. It was pretty good. But for me, Jamie is one of the best male companions. And the, just the chemistry, I guess it depends on the actors. If you can find a good chemistry, like yeah. um, like Fraser and, and, and Pat, just so good. They clearly, all three of them clearly get yeah. on, don't they? In yeah. real, outside of work, it's, yeah, you get the chemistry there. Yeah. yeah. And finally, Patrick Troughton himself. Pat. Second Doctor. I, Pat. I, I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say, but for me, this was one of his best one of his absolute best i think he yeah i mean i think he's great in it and it's it's funny because i was watching it and thinking he's more serious in this than than we sometimes see the second doctor mm -hmm. like um like i think you said earlier we don't get so many of the sort of comical bits yeah but when we do get them they're just brilliant and even you know throughout the whole 10 episodes you can't take your eyes off him when he's on screen. Mm -hmm. He's just, yeah. I think, yeah, I can't, just can't say anything bad about Pat. I think he was, he's superb in this. It's a, it's a great send-off for him. Um, and, uh, and yeah, as I said, I don't know. He's just, he's slightly, he's, he's slightly more, you know, you can see that he's coming to the end of his run. I was going to say he seems, almost seems slightly worn out at the end in terms of, yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of the story, I mean, because he accepts that, the game is up you know he's had to call in the time lords so when we get to that last episode which i absolutely i love episode 10 <laughs> where he's going on the run he jumps to the tardis he tries everything to run away you know um it's brilliant it's so so fun but then he just he has to concede there is no way of getting away from the time lords he's got to go and face them yeah um and right up to his very last moment i think he gives a brilliant performance i mean i love the bit where he gets to try and choose his his uh <laughs> face on the screen that's yeah. he's like oh he's no good he's he's too old <laughs> he's too fat isn't he yeah. oh he's too young oh, you know, this just know. won't do it's, <laughs> yeah it's just it's pat is just a, a one-off i think and he, you yeah. know you, yeah yeah and that that end scene with him just shows you know you just i don't think anyone else could have done that as good as him i, no, I think he's no. brilliant isn't it no i think we see a lot of a lot of his acting skills throughout the, the 10 episodes. We see him yeah. very concerned and, you know, very eager to try and sort out what's going on. He, he's very, he really wants to stop all the killing that's constantly going on. Mm. And then these little funny moments, um, not as much as we've seen in previous stories, uh, the comical side, but they're still there. A few little points. Yeah. Um, and the thing, the thing that was for me that his, when he was at his best in this episode was the scenes towards the end where he knew the end was coming. Mm. He just played, and it's almost, it's almost sad to watch. 
Oh, it is. You yeah. know, it's almost sad. I mean, it's still enjoyable because you think, because while you're watching it, you're thinking, yeah, the story is still great. And, you know, there's lots going on, which is great. And Troughton's just brilliant. But then there's a little tiny part of you that's thinking, oh, but it's so sad because while he was filming it, he must have been like, you know, it's, this is it. Almost a tenant moment. Like, I don't want to go. You know, it's mm. almost, you know, you could see it in his face that, um, there was a, probably a mixture of like, I'm glad this is all done because I'm exhausted. But yeah. also like, I love this character and, I, you know, I don't want to go. So you could see that in his face. You know, he's got a very telling face. You know, you can see what's going on in his mind from, you know, what you see on the screen. Mm. And I think going by the production notes on this one, um, they, it was quite a tough story to for him to to film on a lot of levels because I think they were because of the things going on behind the scenes where they had to write I think as I said it was supposed to be six episodes and they had to stretch it to ten because things fell through and so they were writing episodes really late in the day right. and I think Pat found that quite hard from what they were saying on the on the DVD because he was sort of you know he liked to sort of really know the script and and he would although he wouldn't always stick uh exactly to the lines he would right. often give an interpretation of the script he you know he needed to know it so i think getting in the scripts really so close to filming and not being able to rehearse them as much as they normally would and i think it was quite a tough tough um story for him for his last story but you, you wouldn't know from his performance i think he's yeah he's bang on the money in it yeah, yeah. absolutely brilliant yeah. but it is a great send-off though isn't it for a doctor the the way that he goes yeah, um it's, it's a brilliant yeah. Because some of the regeneration stories can be hit and miss, but I think this is this is a good one. It's a really good one, and also yeah. it's interesting that we don't see a regeneration; we just see um, uh, Pat pulling all these weird and wonderful faces, and, <laughs> you know. And then that's it; that's the end of the series. So the next time we see the Doctor is Pertwee, Pertwee collapsing out of the TARDIS, isn't it? Yeah, um, into a field. So it's one of those, I think, is it the only story with the exception of um, McCoy where we don't actually see, no, we did see McCoy regenerate because it's in the movie, isn't it? We don't no. see um, uh, eight into nine, but then that's slightly, oh, that's, right, yeah. but that's slightly different though, because that's like so many years between classic and new Doctor Who, that's kind of, you know, expected. Um, yes. So it's the only uh regeneration out of all the first eight doctors where we don't actually see him sort of you know that classic morph into another uh into another doc actually no i think i'm speaking rubbish here because didn't we have mccoy in uh colin baker we didn't see his regeneration did we well we kind we of did, it's they we kind of did it, didn't it's mccoy they? in the wig isn't it yeah it's in the wig yeah so mind you <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> so that's quite you kind of saw it they fudged it a bit but this but the is the thing only- is, I, yeah, I guess I do remember the very first time I ever saw this um, on a grainy old VHS. <laughs> um, I remember thinking that we were going to see him turn into John because I didn't know that we didn't. And because Pat starts pulling those faces, I thought, yeah, he's that's, you know, because John pulls those faces, yes. doesn't he? I yeah. thought, oh, here we go. He's got any minute now, that big nose is going to pop out of the screen. But we don't. And it was, it was quite a shock the first time I ever saw this. Yeah, it just sort yeah. of fades into black and that's it. That's it. The but credits, I, I, yeah. I like it because you can imagine with him doing those faces, you can imagine Pertwee at the other end of the black tunnel doing those yeah. faces and turning into the Doctor. So I, I can see it in my mind's eye happening. Yeah. But we yeah. don't get to see it yeah. on screen. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's it's definitely um, a, an episode or a, a, a story of 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 change, because mm. you know not only like we said at the beginning, not only does the production values change massively between this and the next one, yeah, big but, time. But it's almost like a bit of a a complete change all round, you know. So the companions are gone, the doctor's gone, you know. It's the last ever Doctor Who in black and white. So it's it's all change from here, isn't it? This is like the point in which this is quite a milestone in Doctor Who. Yeah, oh, it's definitely a milestone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the War Games. Is there anything you, that we've missed in your notes before we get onto scores? No, I think we've managed to cram quite a lot in. Actually, yeah, I think, yeah. I was, I, I must admit, when we first said about doing this, I thought, wow, we've got a lot to cover yeah. um, over these ten episodes. Yeah. Um, now I think think it's. Uh, it's, it's done well. I guess the other thing I had noticed there was the music. Uh, that that theme <laughs> keeps coming in all the way through it. Dun, 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 you know, um, does get a bit overused. And there's also there's another theme. You know, with the where the things coming over the hill. What they called the um, the things on the horses. Uh, I'm, I want to say roundels. They're not roundels. Um, the guys marching over the hill over the horses when they cross for a time zone. Oh, yes. The, yeah, there's a bit of music yes. there, like Cavalier. And it sounds like I kept thinking it was driving me mad trying to think mm-hmm. what it was because it goes, and then it goes into something else. But I was like, what is that? That is something else. And then I remembered it's the American dad. It's like, oh, my God, all those years earlier. But no, I think we've covered it, mate. I think we've. We've got most of it in there, all the all the important stuff. Yeah, I mean, we could probably talk about this for another hour or so. I mean, it's, yeah, we could. Yeah, it, it's one for us to park until we have a couple of beers at a convention somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely, chew the fat a bit more. Uh, yeah. Rightio scores. It's you to go first. It's me to go first, isn't it? Um, I'm going to go nine out of ten for this one. A nine? Uh, uh, yeah, a nine out of ten. Um, just it's just. I think it's a great storyline. Performances are good. I find it very entertaining to watch. It feels epic. It's a great send off for Pat, knocking off a point because um, because I suppose there is padding in there that you can't deny it. Uh, it would have made for an absolutely phenom- phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal uh, <laughs> six parter. But uh, but it's still a really really good watch at ten parts. So yeah, nine out of ten for me. Yep, snap. Nine, really? nine out of ten, yeah. Oh, cool. Knocked a point off literally because, um, probably for the same reason that many of our listeners would say it's it it could, it could have comfortably been a, a good six parter. Mm. Um, so there was a, a a wee bit of extra stuff in there that you could have done without for sure. So it's not perfect in that respect. However, the acting and the writing and the cast just made it make it such a great wash. Uh, wash. <laughs> we obviously can't speak today. We have some. It's more the water. sun. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. boiling our brains. <laughs> I'll blame it on the sun. It is so hot. Right. It makes it a great watch. The cast, especially Pat, um, Fraser, uh, and Wendy, they're all just so good. Yeah, such a good episode to watch. And the supporting cast, no complaints at all. It's just all great stuff. And the story, the writing. It's it, if you haven't seen this yet, if you're a listener and you haven't seen the War Games. And it's one of those many opportunities where we say, if you've not dived into Classic Who yet and you're thinking about it and you're thinking, oh, the second Doctor looks cool. Um, it's a great, well, having said that, if you only want to watch the second Doctor, there's probably a couple to watch before this one to warm yourself into the 10 episodes. But it's a cracker of a story. Mm-hmm. It's almost perfect, I would say, in terms of Classic Who. 
Yeah, and it's so lucky it exists because so much of Pat's era is still missing from the archive. So we're so lucky that we've got all 10 parts of this. True. Yeah, yep. yeah. So savour it. Yeah, if you haven't watched it, um, don't be put off by the by the 10 parts. <laughs> get You know, get into it. Not it's good. Yeah. Right, what did you lovely lot think? Let's do an audio review first. Uh, this is Alex Kingdom. Hello, Gary and Adam from the Glue Box Podcast. Um... Well, congratulations on your 100 uh, episode anniversary. You've entertained me for so long now, and I can't thank you enough. But today, it's the War Games. Um, this episode is great. Um, I loved it. I literally just watched all 10 episodes like a minute ago. This is straight after. And I just want to say the impact it left on me is still... Uh, I, I'm still shaking a little bit. Because I, through the story, I was connected to Jamie and Zoe... And to see them go at the end was quite upsetting. But the entire premise of the episode is very smart, and that's what I like. It was very, it, and it didn't lag and and drag out. It made sense and it had, so it could introduce you to the characters. And the war chief and the, is probably the most vindictive person I know in the Doctor Who universe in the classic series. And the Warlord I thought to be a bit um, disappointing, actually. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. Jamie and Zoe are great. And Patrick Troughton, well, he deserves to get an Oscar for that performance. Um, <laughs> um, I think he was great throughout the entirety of the story. But yeah, I really enjoyed the uh, episode. Uh, just, I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10 because I thought it was great. See you guys next week. Happy 100. Enjoy it. Cheers, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Glad Strong you're okay. There. Yeah, glad mm. you're okay because um, Adam and I were saying we haven't heard from Alex in a while because he normally sends in a review every week without fail. I was getting worried. I was yeah. like, where's Alex? But it turns out he was just on holiday. Oh, I hope you had a good holiday. Which is allowed, I suppose. Yeah. Right, over on Twitter, uh, Michael Herbert says, Pat at his best. Mm. Uh, also a great script from Dix and Hulk. Yes. Um, Oncoming Storm Radio. Oh, that's a good name. Says, um, it's not really a review, more of a question. He says, uh, better than The Mind Robber. Oh, um, oh, I do like The Mind Robber, but yes. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Do you know what? This is so weird because you and I think and say the same things about Who all the time. And when I read Mm. that tweet the other day, I said out loud, oh, I do like The Mind Robber. (laughs) <laughs> in exactly the same way that you've just said it yeah <laughs> I, I thought when I read it I was like oh I do like the mind robber but is it better than the walk oh I'm not it's sure better than the walk that's one for the pub that is one for the pub for sure um, we'll we'll talk and debate on that over the next <laughs> however many years on coming yeah. storm radio thank you for that question that's going to melt our OCD now for <laughs> for certain uh, for a certain amount of years so um, uh, Connor A uh, Twitter name is at Jimmy underscore Goodchild says an amazing story. The War Games is a must watch for any Who fan. It is. It definitely is actually. It yeah. Is. When you say must watch, you know you can use that a bit too uh, flippantly, but this really is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Uh, Shane Rees says I love the War Games. Outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, lastly on Twitter, uh, uh, Adam uh, Adam the Whovian. I keep wanting to call him Adam the Ultimate Whovian. Yeah, I think he is the ultimate. It's probably because Twitter only allows so many characters. Yeah. 
he says the War Games ends 60s Doctor Who with a fairly well structured sci fi epic. Troughton's finest uh, great departure story. Um, he's bucked the trend. He hasn't given us a score out of 10. Oh. He's given us five stars. Five stars. So okay. I imagine that's 10 out of 10. That's 10 out of 10. Yes. Yeah. Cheers, Ad. Uh, rightio. And um, that's it for Twitter. Let's do another audio review. This is Owen Daly. Hello and congratulations on 100 episodes. This is incredible. Um, I myself have only been listening to it for about 20 episodes or something since um, the new year, I think. So congratulations on that just before I get into the war games. So yeah, big thumbs up and I look forward to the next 100. So the war games, what I'm actually here for. Now, I have to thank you actually for choosing this one for this momentous uh, episode because Prior to this, I had never actually seen the War Games, which does seem a bit dodgy because I'm a Doctor Who fan, but then again, I am still pretty young at 14, so I, d- I wouldn't be expected to have seen all of Classic Who, but now that I watched it, it just it's really widened my perspective of Patrick Trayton because before this I would have just loved his Doctor, but now I really love his Doctor, he'd be up now in my top five again. But it's such a fabulous, constructed ten-part story, it gives loads of time to breathe, and it, it's just fantastic, I can't words cannot explain Patrick Troughton gives his best performance to War Chief is a fantastic, fantastic creation. And now I'd read the book Players recently, uh, the Six Doctor novel, and now I understand it so much more. It makes me want to read it again. So Terence Dix and Malcolm Tuck, uh, M- Malcolm Hulk, not Tuck, gave possibly one of the best send-offs to the Patrick Troughton era. And I have to say, I just love this. It is definitely an 8.5 out of 10. So congratulations and bye. Thank you. Thanks so much for that. I'm really glad. I love it when people say... Um you know, uh, they've watched something because we're doing it. It's I just love the, th- the thought that we're getting people into stories that they may have sidelined or, or not watched for a while or something. Yeah, so yeah. that's brilliant. Good stuff. Cheers, Owen. Let's move on to Facebook. Uh, so our good friend, Mr. Nick Gill says, well, where to begin? Uh, mm. For one, it's a great story and the first to introduce the Doctor's people and his first trial in commas. Uh, mm-hmm. Whilst I like the story and the premise, I always thought it was at least four episodes too long. There's an awful lot of padding and quite a bit of needless back and forth. It could have been resolved quite a bit quicker and still had the desired effect. Philip Maddock managing to appear twice in a season and pulling it off was quite a challenge. Yeah. Thank you very much, Nick. Uh, Joe Sweeney, I haven't watched the, ep- the whole episode yet, but I have seen the end scenes ages ago, so I... Th- thought i'd do a tiny review it was off um it was a great intro uh to the time lords and brilliant the scenes where the doctor was on trial and the time lords forced him to regenerate and exile him to 20th century earth shame we didn't get a proper regeneration and an intro of john pertwee uh no score for this so i think he's just seen elements of it but can't give us a score because he hasn't seen the whole thing joe go and watch it joe's watching it i know why it's because he's watching them in order from the very beginning i thought he was past the second doctor now is he oh, i'm not sure probably no, not i think he yeah i think he's got to like the maybe he's got to the crotons or something i'm not sure oh, okay we're in for a treat buddy mm. uh right let's do another audio clip actually this is from who addicts reviews matt rowney the <laughs> <laughs> dancing matt the dancing Sorry, guys, had to do that. Happy 100th episode of the Big Blue Box podcast. I think I've watched literally every single one without fail, and I've loved every single second of it. Hi there, Gary and Adam. I hope you two are well, and you could not have picked a better episode to review than the War Games, because I'm just going to go out and say it. 
The War Games is my favourite episode of Doctor Who of all time. I adore it beyond belief. And it's actually one of the reasons as to why I hate Hellbent so much. It's kind of weird how an episode I love so much is the reason as to why I have an episode that I hate. So anyway, enough of that crap. On to the War Games, the ten-part masterpiece extravaganza. I mean, I could go on and on about why I love it, and I haven't got enough time to, but all the characters are just fantastic. You get The whole story is set in so many different places. It's like we're, we're on this wonderful journey with all these amazing people, and we get to meet the Time Lords for the first time too, which is just incredible. It's the first time in Doctor Who history that we got a character piece on the Doctor, and this, this, this amazing character who we had taken into our homes, who we loved for, what, six years at this point, and we knew nothing about him, and we found out all these amazing truths about the Doctor, that he ran away from his people, and that <clears throat> that he stole a TARDIS, and we didn't know why. And when we found out, you know, about the Time Lords, and they, they revealed what he had done, it really put the Doctor in a new perspective. And Patrick Troughton was astonishing. I mean, The War Games is one of my main reasons as to why he is my favourite classic Doctor, and borderline my favourite of all time. He was just unbelievable in this story, and he brought a completely new side to the Doctor that we'd never seen before. And along with that, Jamie and Zoe were amazing. The Warlord, the War Chief, was outstanding. And the, the final scene where he's pleading with the Time Lords to, to not send him down, he was showing through all of his, his era, um, you know, <clears throat> of all the, the, the enemies he defeated, and pleading with them to, to let him survive was incredible. Honestly, it, it was the perfect regeneration story, and it was the perfect Doctor story, and it's the only ten-part story that I could honestly watch over and over again. It is the best episode of all time, so I'm going to give The War Games a hundred out of ten. See what I did there? And yeah, <laughs> I'll see you guys for episode 101, and here's to the next 100. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome, man. Cheers, Matt. I thought he was going to say, here's to the future for a minute. Here's to the future. <laughs> Love is the answer. Uh, good to hear his, his bird, Billy, chirping away in the background there. He clearly loves the war games did as you, well. Did you hear Billy funking out? Yeah, I can imagine him rocking well. in his cage. Awesome, yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much, Matt. Uh, and for your kind words as well. Yeah. Um, we've seen, I'm not going to lie and say that I've seen every Who's Addicts uh, video but i think i've seen 99 percent of them i might have missed like the odd one mm. or two from from like very early on but um yeah thank you very much and yeah if you haven't checked out who addicts reviews go and find them on youtube absolutely good stuff on there right back on facebook sammy Satine. she says so someone is stealing humans from earth who are in those time periods and battles already and watching them fight for what their own amusement worse the glasses or monocles or whatever seem to be being used by the generals to make people forget stuff. Even worse still, there's a Time Lord involved. The Doctor tries to stop the war games, but alas, he can't do it himself. So at great personal risk, he summons the Time Lords. It is, I think, a little bit longer than the story needs to be, but also cutting down the trial and the regeneration and the goodbyes to Jamie and Zoe to those few minutes in the last episode seems to be a bit... Um, seems... Uh, a bit mean considering all they all they have been through together i cried when they all had to say goodbye and i feel sad that they don't remember all of their adventures with the doctor a truly sad end for a wonderful doctor as played by of course the late great patrick troughton who puts in an excellent performance and she gives it an eight out of ten yeah ten. Oh, i'm glad she enjoyed it yeah because sammy was the person i was talking about earlier wasn't it saying that she 
she was wondering if it's going to be a bit of a slog. Yeah. So I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed it, Sammy. Nice one. Danny Brown says, The war game, so very long, but definitely worth the watch. Finally, we get to the Doctor's roots in a very cleverly written story, liking in several wars throughout time. Even though this story drags a little in the middle, it's still a great send-off for black and white Doctor Who. Jamie and Zoe's departure is one of the saddest the series has ever seen. 8.5. Excellent. Lastly, on Facebook, Lewis Palmer says, this quite possibly is the most important story in Doctor Who because the Time Lords are introduced and it changes everything we thought we knew about the Doctor before this. They are gods. They can erase someone from existence just because they feel like it. It's Ooh. a shame that they were made out to be weaker as the series goes along. The rest of the villains are really creepy, such as the Warlord and the War Chief. Uh, Pat Fraser and Wendy give one of the last, uh, give one last hurrah in three amazing performances. Their, good, their goodbye scene is so sad, and the line that Zoe says once she forgets about the Doctor is one of the best lines in Who history. Uh, Troughton's final trial is breathtaking and you can't take your eyes off his regeneration. I would say that you could have cut down a story to about eight parts because some episodes do drag and go nowhere. That doesn't stop this masterpiece from being worthy of a nine out of ten. Congrats on getting a hundred episodes, guys. Here's to the next 100. Excellent. Cheers for that. Good point there, Lewis. And Very good. let's do our final audio clip. This is Jay Kent. Happy 100, Gary and Adam. And what better way to celebrate than the war games? Never would I think a 10-episode long story would just fly by. It's filled with brilliant characters, splendid ideas, and amazing concepts. The war chief looks spectacular and menacing, but the warlord seemed to look less so. He is literally Steve Jobs, from the glasses to the turtleneck. <laughs> But despite everything this episode has to offer, it's the last segment that really makes this for me. Our first look at the Time Lords in Gallifrey. Moffat really needs to take a page out of this story's book on how to write them. Brutal, merciless politicians who wholly believe what they're doing is just. And the Doctor's goodbye to Jamie and Zoe, while subtle and small, was more heartfelt than any of the grand deaths and departures we've had in modern years. And talking to Zoe, when she said in one of the earlier episodes, I haven't done anything, she wasn't lying. I forgot she was there for the majority. But nevertheless, I think this episode episode does deserve a 10 out of 10 i will see you next time guys but you and i know time is relative isn't it <laughs> so yeah hope you're doing well and here's to the next 100 awesome cheers jay <laughs> uh never fails to entertain no mr jay kent and once yeah. again check out his stuff very 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 funny yes good stuff he's a little sad at the moment his last video was about he's the lack of enthusiasm for series 10 and he said he doesn't like to be sad so we hope you're we hope you're happy, Jay. Yeah, I hope you're, hope you're doing okay. Yeah, yes. a little bit a little bit sad. That yes. that video. I've seen a couple of um, uh, blog articles and videos recently about people's, people falling out of love a little bit with who at the minute and not being up for, for Series I, 10. Mm, I've seen a couple of vids. I've watched one this morning, actually, from, from our good friend Lewis Palmer, otherwise known as the Gargantuan Apple, has done a video saying he's not excited yep. yet for series 10 but yeah don't know still early days you never know guys something yeah. something may pop up soon that'll reignite your enthusiasm yeah james wilson from who addicts did a video yes yeah saying he's not very happy it's okay guys it's it'll okay. be fine it'll be fine i'm sure <clears throat> so thank you so actually do you have anything on geek's handbag uh, yeah, I did. I did have a couple. I had um, George Coppin on on the Facebook page. Uh, just wanted to wish us a happy hundredth podcast. So thank you for that, George. And uh, Elliot Beasley 
on Twitter um, says, uh, first of all, I'd like to congratulate you and Gary for reaching 100 episodes of the podcast. So thank you for that, Elliot. He says, now, The War Games is a 10-part masterpiece that sends off the Troughton era in the best way possible. The story is very interesting as it manages to combine science fiction with successful historical elements to result in a truly great last hurrah to the second doctor there's a really eerie atmosphere throughout the story too which is emphasized by the creepy villains especially general smythe and von welch <laughs> the war games is also a pivotal point in the show's history as it introduces the time or two are presented as godlike figures i much prefer this interpretation because it's a lot more mysterious than later appearances that's true the ending is also tragic and there's a real sense of loss as jamie and zoe forget their experiences with the doctor the setting of different war zones in one huge world is effective enough to keep the plot going and although it may be too long in some places i think this just adds to the overall epicness the only issue i can find is that there is no full regeneration in that john pertwee does not appear but overall it deserves at least a nine out of ten if not higher thanks for that elliot yeah it's a good point sir yeah, very good points. Very so good. overall, those that have seen it really, really enjoyed it, I think. And I'm glad that at least two people um, watched it for the first time and really enjoyed it. So that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, once again, uh, a huge thank you um, and a massive thank you that we've said a hundred times now. <laughs> um, thank you for sending in your thoughts, whether it's on social media or you send us an audio clip or whatever. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, thanks guys. It's the best part at sure. <laughs> it is. That's going to do uh, for uh, the War Games and episode 100. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us and listening this far in. Uh, thank you for your thoughts and reviews on the war games. Adam, my good fellow. Yes, Gary. What are we going to review next week? Next week, uh, Matt Smith's story next week, The Crimson Horror. Ah. That's that one with that funny little worm. What's he called? When he gets trodden on. I, I've, not, I've only seen Mr. this Squiggly. once. Yep. I can't remember what he's called. I've only seen this once, buddy, so it's going to be... A, an interesting review I'll have to obviously re-watch again to find out what I don't remember do you know the funny thing is I think I've only seen it once or twice max yeah. and uh, I certainly haven't watched it in a while so yeah it'll be interesting very interesting so mm. as always looking forward to your guys uh, to you guys reviews and thoughts and feelings on the Crimson Horror mm. send us an audio clip or a Facebook post or whatever the choice is yours uh, remember we've got our giveaway our big blue box goodie bag just tell us what story I spoke about in episode one uh, send us a tweet Facebook post an email whatever you like and we will try and remember to announce the winner next week check out Adam's channel The Geek's Handbag you can mm. find him on YouTube and Facebook so many good videos if you don't subscribe to Adam's channel yet you are wasting precious time you're wasting daylight <laughs> Go out and subscribe and watch all of his cool videos. They're, uh, they're, what, they're what drew me to Adam in the first place. Exactly. His awesome Cheers. content. <laughs> uh, go and check out our website, www.bigblueboxgoodiebag.com. 
Oh, it's, that's the first time. It's the heat, man, I'm telling it you. It is. We are literally cooked, both yes. of us, aren't we? We're melting. Go and check out our website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all of our episodes and link off to all the social stuff. Plus, you can subscribe via iTunes. Until next week, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And now, remember, come on, let's get it in time. And remember. <laughs> uh, uh,